Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and lots of other things. So let's get started, shall we? How's it going, Leah? How are you this week? I'm ready for this week to be done. <laughs> I'm already over it. How's it? I'm done with it. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> we came back from winter break uh, last week, mm-hmm. uh, much to many parents urging the school district, do not do this. D- don't do this. <laughs> I had a good winter break, though, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, Looking, of course. I look back fondly yeah. on the winter break we shared. <laughs> it, it feels like so long ago. <laughs> it feels like we never had it. It, it feels like a dream. <laughs> I did keep the kids home for an additional week out of precaution because I just assumed that cases would explode. And you're and right. It's like I'm clairvoyant. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ben went back to school this week. Edison hasn't because of a stuffy nose. Mm-hmm. And it has been nothing but just a comedy of errors at our school district. <laughs> And I'm sure, and I'm only bringing this up because I, I'm sure this is happening across what well, at least like forty percent of the country. <laughs> I mean, Probably. the sixty, the sixty percent of the rest of you are totally fine. They're just not talking about it. Well, I don't know if you had like over half of a campus rounded up for contact tracing. <laughs> the whole, like, almost the entire campus. No, over half. Over half. Yeah. Just almost slightly all. over half. Okay. Yeah. That's still most. Yeah. And then just a bunch of them sent home. <laughs> the entire second grade teachers gone. And everybody is like religiously updating this, um, like refreshing this COVID dashboard page that shows you how many cases there are. Right. Yeah. And I don't know why we're doing that because it's not like there's going to be a number that comes up and suddenly we're going to be like, yoink kids out if you sent your that kid was it. that like, was the number <laughs> if you sent your kid your kid's staying in if you took your kid home your, your kid's staying home yeah i mean it just is the dashboard l- matters very little except it's just like the national debt it just keeps going up yeah <laughs> at an unreasonable rate but here's the issue yeah today we realized <laughs> that, that the columns we're not being totaled properly. <laughs> That's my favorite is when they can't get Excel right. That's like, Somebody oops. goes, I don't think that these numbers are right. I didn't realize how equal sum open parent works. <laughs> and then I was like, well, how much is it off by? And then the person, An order of magnitude, as it were. And then the person who was checking goes, I don't know. I got like halfway through and the number was already off. <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? How do you get halfway through? I'm telling you, they don't know how equal sum open parent works. <laughs> like they they're were going manually adding. They're it? going box by box, and that box plus this box. Oh my! God. And that box plus this box. But like on like their calculator or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like doing head, it by hand instead of just one of those going big chunk so. adding machines with the <laughs> with the with calculator the lever tape. that the San Francisco trolley uses to go up and down. That one, yeah. No, it's got it's got the calculator ribbon in it. Right, right. And the big handle. (laughs) Anyways, so then I total it up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is off by over 100. (laughs) Jesus. I, why? Like, 
And you had I'm one dumb, job. I'm dumbfounded at this point, right? And I feel bad because I actually know the communications officer for the mm-hmm. district. Mm-hmm. We are like, we always donate to each other's fundraisers. He's like, I'm fundraising for this. Here's cash for that. I'm fundraising for this. He's like, here's cash for that. We could no just, one wins. It could just be a, the charities win. Okay. Right? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go ahead and interject and say, welcome to the Hammer Day Crash Course, everybody. <laughs> It's it's always fun to catching up with Leia on the what is actually going on. We're at the, the laughing community. part of the pandemic, I think. That's how you know it's about to be endemic, when you can just look back and laugh. Remember the good old days? <laughs> Remember that time? That was a good time. Anyway, this is the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast, where we sometimes talk about ham radio. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and speaking of ham radio, we like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And this week... It begins. The CW, the hashtag CW hiatus has started. What is, I thought your goal was to CW. Correct. And to do that, I have decided that I am going to. (laughs) Take a longer break from it. (laughs) No, take a break from everything else but Morse code. Oh, inevitably. Because what was I going to say? The everything, the everything but CW hiatus. If you you call it the CW hiatus, that means you're taking hiatus from CW. The four CW hiatus. How does that work? What is the hashtag you would use instead? I I don't know. Every everything else but CW hiatus. The hiatus for CW. Okay. Hashtag hiatus for CW. Okay. Number four. (laughs) That's always the most classy thing you can do. Add a number. Yes. To replace a word. And if you have the word extreme, drop the E. Hiatus for CW. Okay. So the idea here is... But though that does make it sound like CW is taking hiatus. That's what I'm saying now. How (laughs) CW hiatus is fine. It's fine. It's still wrong. The idea here is whatever it is you're doing, you are going to do a hiatus on all the other projects. I know, I know... You've been meaning to get to those 18 projects that you picked up in 2021, but pick one and then just focus on it. And it could be Morse code. And if it is Morse code, I encourage you to join me on my journey. I will be posting videos. Now, I do have to get through a backlog of videos that aren't CW. (laughs) Exactly. But eventually, starting this week. Not a hiatus at all. (laughs) No, it is. Starting this weekend, we're having the Long Island CW club oh. on the live stream to kick everybody off you know what i'm style. also taking a cheesecake hiatus in which i am not going to eat another cheesecake until i'm done with this cheesecake <laughs> okay 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 so you're mocking me now we don't have any cheesecake <laughs> we don't we almost never have cheesecake <laughs> And I personally kicked this off uh, last night. I joined one of the Long Island CW's uh, beginner, no, beginner two classes, I believe it was. And we did the comma. No, not the comma. We did five and slash. Okay, how do you do it? Go ahead. Five is did it, did it. Did, 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 did. Is did. that four dits? Five dits. Because <laughs> that would be five real dits. off base. Okay. Did, 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 did. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And, and then it's four dit 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 dit. <laughs> no. Four is uh dit 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 da. 
Okay, you know what? Okay, so then it's three dit 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 da da. Yes. And it's two dit dit da da da. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. So what's six though? Da dit 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 dit. Wow. And then it goes all the way up to nine, which is da 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 dit. Okay. And, and then, then ten. Is, zero is just all da's. Five wow. da's. Wow. And then how do you do ten? A one and a zero, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> We've given you all the tools at this point. All the well, that's once. <laughs> <laughs> or Diaz. Once's <laughs> eleven. Uh, Diaz. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Not Diaz, but. <laughs> You Safe. know what? I got schooled. I got schooled oh. on my Spanish last week. Yes, we did. So I'm not gonna. It's horchata. Horchata, not horchata. 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 Yeah. Just drop right. the H. Just like if you want you know to what? be real extreme, drop the E. <laughs> Just a big X. Extreme. We learn something new every week. Yeah. Thank you. So I was in the beginner class. Uh, it was beginner a lot of two. Don't cut yourself yeah, short. Beginner two, which <laughs> arguably I'm, I, I probably should be intermediate at this point, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to just go through it. <laughs> and uh, we do a lot of code copying where they'll play just Morse code, play Morse code, and then you copy it onto paper. Okay. And then you do a check and, you know, the computer screen will Should show you. Should I just you. send all my text messages to you in Morse code during the hiatus? No, because that's not <laughs> audio. Unless you send me the audio, sure. Okay. But you got to key it in Morse code. All right. That would be funny. <laughs> really freak some people out. <laughs> I'm asking you to bring home milk. It's vodka. I don't know why. <laughs> Have you heard of uh, pilk? <laughs> Is it pea milk? No. It's oh. Pepsi and milk. Ew. That's a real thing. No, it is. Pilk. No. Mm. That's a sound that you make when you drink it. Pilk. <laughs> well, I, I think that's good for the ham radio minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, more Morse code. Whether you wanted it or not, that's what I'm going to be focusing on on my channel. I do have a couple of things, like I said, a couple of projects. The v I thought this was a good juxtaposition. I'm going from literal VR in ham radio yes. to Morse code. Right. That's, Technology is cyclical. That's right. Yeah. Going full cyclical. Yeah. Bringing the pager back again. Going to get that thing going eventually. <laughs> the ham pager. But so. all the messages on the pager have to be in Morse. They're all in Morse code. Yes. It actually beeps. The beeper beeps in yeah. Morse code. Yes. That's the dream. And if you miss it. You're done. <laughs> That's too bad, man. <laughs> That'd be cool, though, if the pager also had like a button that you could put, you could transmit Morse code back. There is not a device that does this. Using T-beams or something? I don't know. <laughs> I've watched T-beams <laughs> glitter in the darkness in Tannhauser's Gate. Just uh, a little bit of behind the scenes. The HRCC mods and admins are T-beam crazy. <laughs> Everybody has gone T-beam mad. <laughs> They're going to mesh the country. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. Okay. Well, let's... I'll bring the beer. Find out what uh, Grimus. Grimus, our our fairy beer. Wait, our our, <laughs> our beer fairy. <laughs> our magical beer fairy. Don't know if that works out. You know what? I'm I'm gonna assume that Grimus has a beard. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just going to call him the bearded beer fairy. <laughs> the bearded beer fairy. Okay. Sorry if you don't have a beard, Grimus. Oh, buddy. So this actually isn't a beer, but I figured oh, we'd save yeah. it for the podcast. This is... I decided I didn't want to do that. Malort, <laughs> Malort liqueur conditioned coffee cold. Wait, Not cold brew coffee. Coffee but cold. It, but it's non-alcoholic. Right. Yes. But it says liqueur. I didn't even know the Malort qualified as a liqueur. The only reason I said that I don't want to do this is because if I'm going to drink Malort. Oh, this is this is the most enjoyable Malort that you can have. Because it's mainly and coffee. Is this from the makers of Malort? Or is I this got a that. that logo is pretty unmistakable. I'm pretty sure that's Malort. It's brewed canned by Dark Matter Coffee. I mean, okay. the Malort in it is, it's Malort. Oh, it smells really good, actually. It certainly smells that way. Huh. I bet this is delicious. I'm, You're always steering me wrong, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's... Yep. <laughs> you haven't swallowed it. <laughs> I considered spitting it out. <laughs> it, I don't understand, my lord. I, I think, don't know how. It's Chicagoans. They're like so ride or die Malort. Like. It's bitter. But like not um, and not it, in it a bitter. lingers. <laughs> not like a tannic bitter or like an IPA bitter. It's like a chemical bitter. And, like, and I, I feel like it's an herbal bitter. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. It's mm-hmm. like a really. It's got that Chinese medicine herbal kick to it. Right? Mm. Doesn't it? You know, when you guys are steeping up tree bark, that <laughs> you know when oh, you man. drink, it's got a uh, it's got a strong shampoo vibe. It really does. When you drink like these Chinese herbal teas that you have to boil down into like this bitter blackness, mm-hmm. they always give you candy, like a bunch of candy. Yeah, because you're gonna need to eat it immediately after. <laughs> Serious, like, yeah, it's it's rough. I can this see, is, though, how this would be if if this is like one of those like rites of passage when you're 21. Oh, it's got to be in Chicago. Yeah, that this is this is probably a flavor that makes you a little bit uh, proud of being a Chicagoan. It's it's not for me. It's not for you. It's not for me. <laughs> I mean, this one's for me. Yeah, that but, no, that's definitely. But this one, not for me. It's just a lot. I I I, I can't. I I've just, I've done three or four sips now. Okay, you gave it the good college try. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Malort. I mean, I can see how I I could probably get a shot in me if I already had had a couple of beers. I could see that. Do you but. remember when Fernet Branca was a very popular thing with hipsters? Yeah. Yeah, it's got Fernet vibes. So I think that. I don't hate Fernet. I don't hate Fernet either. And I feel as though, and if we're pronouncing this wrong, I'm sure we'll hear about it. It's Fernet or Fernet, either one, but I think it's Fernet because I have a Fernet in my hand right now. To a bit of a palate cleanse, I have have opened up a bottle of champagne, (laughs) which this is Fernet Grand Selection Cordon Negro. It is a a cava. It is a... It's very stylish. It's like gold and black horizontal striped, which is why I bought it for New Year's. You bought it? Yeah, I bought it. What do you... 
But I bought it. Okay. Did you buy it in a fugue state? <laughs> no, I thought you bought the um, the barefoot. I bought both. And the Fernet? I bought two rounds oh my of goodness. bubbly. Well, oh. cheers to, to making it through cheers. the uh, Grimus uh, beer selection. Grimus's beers were all top-notch except for the steaky one. I didn't uh, even think the steaky one was that bad. bad. The one that you didn't end up tasting because I drank it on the live stream mm-hmm. was like the Ecto Cooler one. It was mint. Yeah. Like, no, sorry, lime. Oh. Green beer. It was a, it was a lot. That one was a lot. So it's, you, you didn't like it? Because it's a like a fan. throwback to the Ecto Cooler? I, I thought I could get down, but that was, um, man, that was like mandarin orange, that flavor. Okay. Ecto Cooler. All right. Well, thank you, Grimus, thank anyway. Thank you, Grimus. We really do appreciate it. I, really, I really hate to not love something that you send. I think um, he knows. I, I think he knows. I love. I think every- he knows not everything can be loved. I love everything else. Everything else was great. So thank you very much, Grimace. What if when you go to Chicago, mm-hmm. the Malort tastes better there? Is this like the Guinness trap? When you go to Ireland, the Guinness is supposed to be better? Yeah, let's go to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll take these cans back to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Back we have the- one left in yeah. the fridge. <laughs> and we will drink it there. And maybe it will feel different. Mm. Or no, we'll get one of the cans from Chicago. No, no. And do a blind going, taste no, test. We, okay, both. Yes, yeah. we'll drink both. Mm-hmm. In Maybe the air in Chicago gives it a different experience. We'll, we'll drink it right in front of the bean. Yeah, while it's very windy. Right. Yes. Yes, very good. <laughs> Nailed it. So join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. And we have a review from... Yay, reviews! From Cripey Hef. Hey, Cripey says, I got RF burns from my ear pods. Oh, no. And the first line, no, I didn't. Okay. Three hours. <laughs> it's a real ride, this review. <laughs> already. Three hours. Check. Funny banter. Check. Learn something new. Check. I wonder oh, what podcast I was listening to. I, would, <laughs> I was worried about that last one. <laughs> I thought it might be an empty box. <laughs> <laughs> no check. <laughs> Seriously, the best podcast for the ham radio and laughter. Josh and his rear admiral, <laughs> chuckle in parentheses, work wonderfully together. KN4ZUN73s. Thank you so much, Hef. Thank you. Much appreciated. The Hefe. From the rear admiral. <laughs> the rear admiral sends a message over Morse code. I can only send one thing right now. And it's dit, 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 dit. Five. Five. I mean, I, I guess I could Five. do all the numbers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's counting down. <laughs> what happens when he gets to 10? Starts all over, I guess. It's a, it's a one and a zero. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into Are the you unknown ready? I will go. For I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees.
it's time for the preparedness corner. Leia's preparedness corner. What have you, what have you collected for us this week? Uh, keeping in the spirit of just uh, looking back in enjoyment mm-hmm. instead of in anxiety. Okay. We do a lot of talking about the bad things that can happen Mm -hmm. uh, on the preparedness corner. But this week, I am going to talk about a veteran hero who stepped up during the tornadoes. Okay. Right on. Okay. So in, uh, in Kentucky, Dawson Springs, Kentucky, a veteran actually had his basement prepared he and his wife went down to their basement during the tornadoes and they they could actually feel on the window the window moving in and out from the tornado oh sure yeah so their neighborhood great pressure differences yeah right so they went down there then dug their way out after it had passed full well knowing there was another one coming whoa okay So they dug themselves out. The first thing, uh, the vet's name is Jim Gordon. He turned off his natural gas line. Mm -hmm. That's right off the bat. And then went to go look for the rest of his neighborhood. And he heard screaming, wailing, crying. And he he took his first aid kit from his truck, Mm -hmm. water from the fridge and towels and headed down his road. He met... Two boys that were also down the street, having also survived, and they all worked together to start rescuing people in their neighborhood. And then they started taking people who were injured mm-hmm. to their basement, knowing that there was going to be a second tornado to protect them. Oh, right, because they were they had a prepared basement. Right. So he actually saved 14 people, broken ankles, broken arms, head injuries, concussions, all in the like basement. Like 14 people that he brought to the basement? Yes. Wow. And they waited until the next storm passed and everything was safe again. <clears throat> Among the people was a son and his grandmother, a woman and her two babies, an elderly woman, uh, all that they pulled out of the rubble of the first oh, tornado. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's horrible it happened. It's wonderful that he was there to help them. He even saved someone who's trapped under a refrigerator inside a different basement. What? Like the refrigerator fell on them? Uh-huh. In their basement. Wait, a different refrigerator that did yes. not belong to their home? No, it, he went to someone else's home that had a basement. Uh-huh. And... A refrigerator in that basement had oh, fallen okay. over. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to tell me the tornado threw a refrigerator in another house and it hit no. a person. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I haven't lived through a tornado. I, that's how I see tornadoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Picking up all kinds of very large appliances and hurling them at things that appliances shouldn't be hurled at. Right. Which is like basically everything. Right. Like they're just not. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> so um, he actually saved a lot of people. He served originally in the Persian Gulf War, and he said that the tornado destruction that they experienced was the worst thing he's ever seen. Wow. So, I mean, you got to be so grateful for people who are willing to go out there, one, be prepared, Mm -hmm. right? And two, go and risk their lives and 
output their energy and resources to saving other people. Yeah, that's fantastic. Possibly people that they don't know. So Jim Gordon is a hero. Jim Gordon is a hero. And that's this week's preparedness corner. Very good. Yeah. And it sounds like Feels he, good, man. It sounds like he wasn't like one hundred like maybe the tornado kinda caught him off guard a little bit. Yeah. Because he ended up having to like grab water, get his first aid kit from the truck. Like he didn't I'm sure his basement was probably equipped or yeah. whatever, but he like had to go around and grab stuff. So you know, you can you can hear that story and go, okay, well, maybe I should keep a first aid kit in the basement, one in right. the truck, one upstairs, mm-hmm. have multiples of things as we talk about a lot on the preparedness corner. So that's a good one. Okay. Well, then I guess we can move right along. What's happening? The staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Right into emails. Voicemails. And voicemails at the email correspondence tower. So, Leah, do you have some voicemails for us? I do, but right up top, I'm going to give the phone number. Right up top. Yes. The number, if you'd like to leave a voicemail, is 562-334-2389. Mm-hmm. I'm out here working on my antenna and was listening to your podcast. I'm a 14-year-old Pam and just wanted to say that I love the podcast and uh, thank you for all you guys do to support the community. And uh, thanks in 73. Well, thank you. Nicholas, thank you so much for leaving a voicemail. Uh, we did cut out the first part of Nicholas's um, call sign because he is a minor. Yeah. Uh, but I will mention I went to go actually look up to make sure uh, he like to see if he had a PO box or something. He doesn't he pulled so, up his QRZ. Yeah, but I Nicholas has a business. What? Yes. So on the QRZ page, Nicholas says that he started a business that helps him pay for more equipment. What? What's his business? That is so industrious. Does he mention? Uh, his business is making keychains and bracelets with a string of beads indicating letters written out in Morse code. Ooh. It's only $5 per keychain or bracelet. So I will, in the show notes, uh, provide Nicholas's email, which is what he has publicly on his QRZ, to reach out to him for um, for orders. Or we'll figure something out. Email might not be the right way to do that. Maybe we'll contact Nicholas and have him figure, tell us a way to have people contact him. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if he's got a business email, right? Sure, sure. We'll figure it out. Yes. Okay. But Nicholas, I am so impressed. Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. That's a great idea. And thank you for the voicemail. And I'm going to ask for all of our minors that are listening... If You're you welcome would... to email. You're welcome to voicemail. Yes. Just... Leave the call sign off. You don't have to include that. Yeah. And if you do... Um, well, no, just don't. <laughs> Unless your parents are going to be there and be like, I authorize, blah, blah. Just don't. Just right. make it easy. Just It's okay. Just use your name. It's fine. Yes. Because we had an 11-year-old um, email last who week. emailed yeah. last week, uh, and he didn't include his call, which, and it was, if it were in an in the email, I would have cut it out anyway. Right. I wouldn't have mentioned it. But we got we to gotta ask, parents, why, why are you letting your kids what, listen to this show? <laughs> It's so is wholesome. Okay? It's so okay? wholesome. Is it? I hope yeah. it is. I mean, we don't curse. 
is that all it takes to be wholesome? I mean, it's uh, maybe it's more wholesome than PG-13. That's true. They're allowed one F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> a movie. I didn't know that. One. What's below PG-13? PG. Okay. And then they're not allowed any F-bombs. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know any okay. more than that. We're that's, somewhere between that's where PG my, and PG-13. Because we don't really, right? we don't curse at all. Yeah. Eh, I mean, maybe. A little bit. Maybe occasionally. Now that I know if I'm allowed one F-bomb. No, I don't think that's yeah, how okay. <laughs> That's not how iTunes and the other podcast services work. I'm like, well, what's the movies think of this audio <laughs> format? Of this audio F-bomb. All right. On to the next voicemail. <clears throat> Ooh. Hello, this is uh, Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan. I thought I'd give you a call on this uh, wonderful Google Voice phone number. Thank you, Nathan. Um, I've noticed no one's been leaving you any voicemails, so I didn't want your Google Voice to get um, lonely. Um, I also want to tell you, uh, tonight I was telling my uh, sister-in-law and my brother about Cam Radio because I was showing them a couple of my radios, and they're asking uh, such questions as, if you go to another country, could you talk from one person to another another person in the same country with a little handheld? And I said, probably not. Depends on how far you are uh, from the other person. More powerful radios, like HF radios, you could do that or talk to other people. And then the all about the reciprocal operating and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought I'd just leave you a little message. And I uh, hope you're all doing well. It's quite cold here, about zero degrees in Vermont. Wow. So I'm going to sign off. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan in southern Vermont. Adios. So there are a lot of websites. In fact, the AWRL has information on this. If you go to another country, there are some countries that have reciprocity. And they may require you to send an email or... You know, do something, jump through some kind of hoop to let them know that you're going to transmit. Right. Some require you straight up get their license. Like, that's the only way you're going to transmit there. So you can go to other countries and use your radio. You just have to follow the rules of that country with reciprocal licensing or rights of foreign hams in that country. And then the other thing is you only will be able to communicate with those that live there if you speak their language. This is true. You may be able to exchange call signs because that's generally done in English. I took the question as like if you're traveling with like, for instance, Nathan's sister-in-law and his brother, Mm -hmm. if they were both to go to another country with handy talkies, would they be able to talk to each other? (laughs) Yeah. If you have that country's approval to talk. Sure. I I thought you meant like local hams that you could talk to. I mean, maybe that's what he meant. But I was like, oh, like as a travel accessory. So in case your cell phones you have an issue. You can just get some, ham, some Walmart blister pack radios and <laughs> just get some FRS. All right. So, yeah, there, there is, I, I don't know that I specifically have done a video on reciprocity because it's actually kind of tenuous. Like almost every country has their own rules and they're not like a uniform list of rules that right, all countries apparently do. Apparently other countries get more bans and the control some is get about... Less. The watts. Some get less. Watts. Yeah, and I think there's some where you're not even allowed to have a radio in that country if it's of if it will operate on that band that they don't allow. Wow. I think. 
Again, I'm sure so we can then, find like, an example of a all country. of their TSA is just well versed in ham radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does this do 1.25 uh, megahertz? <laughs> oh no, I got to smash this. I'm sorry. To the trash. <laughs> you have to drink this whole thing. <laughs> can I just pour it out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's the here's the Vitamix. it's that will it blend will it blend the blend tech guy oh baofeng smoke don't breathe this okay all the all the millennials and pre-millennials are like oh yes remember that guy remember when youtube was very different i don't even that was that whole guy's channel I don't even understand YouTube Rewind anymore. Was <laughs> like, there one this year? Everything just goes right over. I don't know. I didn't look. I literally just assume it will be meaningless to me. The, the last 2020, 2020, oh, Jesus. 2020, 2020. 2020. <laughs> Barbara Walters, 2020, <laughs> with Hugh Downs. 2020. Uh, that was a horrible, horrible YouTube rewind. That's like, it's in the top 10 lowest rated videos, like the most thumbs down. Wow. Do you know that most of the videos that get the most thumbs down are actually produced by YouTube that are on that list? Really? PewDiePie has one up there too. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, uh, Baby Shark also. I think that's top five. Believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's what I, how long I tell the kids to wash their hands. You gotta like, yeah. ba- you gotta do a baby shark hand wash, mm-hmm. right? And then and they then, go do it. They're like, baby shark, do, do, do. but they're like just, mad about yes. it. And so I asked Ben today. I was like, "Are you washing your hands at school?" Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, I asked actually because his sleeves were wet, so I knew he washed his hands. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, are you washing them baby shark style? And he's like, yeah, but I don't sing it. <laughs> Just to make it clear. The popularity is already in. <laughs> Trying to be too cool, Ben. Exactly. You're not too cool for baby shark. Okay. <laughs> Everyone is too cool for baby shark. <laughs> Thank you for your voicemail, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, this week, the voicemail is not lonely at all, and it brings me so much joy. It is. Yeah. It's it, very joyful. Whenever we get the iTunes, like, we love the emails, of course. Yes, the emails are great. We know people are going to email, though. I hate to say that, but yes, it will always be like an email. But sure. it takes a little bit more to make the, the iTunes reviews and the voicemail. So we thank you for doing that. We really do appreciate it. We really do. Well, I mean, we would appreciate all of it, including of the email. We appreciate it all, but there's... Yeah. Levels of appreciation. It's it's time for the final voicemail. <laughs> I don't have a... I'm not doing a sound. Maybe I might. I don't know. It really, if somebody sends it to me. Yes, my name is Bob. I'm a ham radio operator. It's a message for Josh. I have a radiogram for you. And it says... Wow! Uh, wish to thank you and Leah for the time you put into the podcast it made my week enjoyable. It's signed by Roy Maffitt, and his call was W3OY. If you have any questions about this, I can be reached at. Okay. You got it. That's a, that's a phone number. Nice catch, Leah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You were Johnny on the spot on that pause button. Way to go. Just got a phone number and a thank you bye. <laughs> so. Why did he send a social security card? His number. <laughs> Hams are so trusting. 
Wow, that was like a radiogram and a voicemail. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was Roy, right? Was the the person who sent yes. it? And Bob was the uh, radiogram deliverer. Yes. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you, Roy and Bob. Thank you both. All right. I guess we was... should should be. You should reply to Bob and say, "Message received." How do I do that? Do I call him back? Do you have an email? No, it's a voicemail, man. <laughs> I know. Do you provide an email, though? No. Oh. Now you get a voicemail him. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he plays it on his podcast. Bob? <laughs> Whoever I'm voicemailing back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Very good. Okay. Well, then we're rolling right into the email, so we can continue. Oh, we should do our little spiel. You can email us at leia at hamtactical.com. Please go ahead and send us your ham radio questions or comments on the show. We really do appreciate that. Or comments on prepping. We like the fun stuff. Definitely do it. But splash in a lot of ham radio as well before you talk about where the poop goes on the Starship right. Enterprise. Yeah, and good point. and <laughs> if you send us a merch idea for hamtactical.com and we make your merch idea, we'll send you one for free. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right. This You're first welcome. email. <laughs> First email says, I am DRMS and a question. And this is from Chris. Okay. Hi, Leah and Josh. I hope I can make it a little bit easier to remember the questions to the IMD and RMS questions from last week's show. I don't know what you're talking about. I already forgot. (laughs) This is going to be a real challenge. (laughs) Then I have a ham radio question about getting kids involved. Okay. First, IMD, or intermodulation distortion. The idea of the two-tone test is that any system that is non-linear is going to act like a mixer. That's the word. If you put in two frequencies, you are going to get the sum and difference frequencies as well as the original two frequencies. The relative amplitude of those sum and difference frequencies is related to how non-linear the system is. You might have experienced this two-tone effect if you have tuned a guitar. When the two tones are close together, you hear a beat frequency. Oh, man. I have never tuned a guitar. <laughs> I, I was joking when, when Ben was uh, playing the guitar, like he was just screwing around with the guitar we have. Yeah, he broke one of the strings. I saw that. Yeah. And I said, my dog has fleas. And Leia went, what? <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's never tuned a guitar. I've never tuned a guitar. And I was very worried that our dog had fleas. (laughs) Chris continues, for RMS, I think you two fell into the same trap that gets just about everyone. You tried to understand it in terms of the math. I will come back to the math. It isn't that bad. But we don't use RMS because of the fancy math. We use RMS because it is a way of measuring AC voltage and current so that you can still use Ohm's law V equals IR. Oh, okay. And the other equations that we use for DC voltage and current. So multimeters are almost always designed to measure current and voltage in RMS. So we only need one set of equations. That 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 is, is helpful. Yeah. Now on to the math. RMS is just a way of measuring distance. As Josh said, you take the square root of the average of the squared values. For two values, this is just the pi, ri- pi-, a- pi-, a- pi-, a- pi-, a- pi-, a- pi-, a- pi- 
Pythagorean theorem. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Pythagorean formula. If you drive three miles east, then four miles north, then you have traveled five miles because um, three squared equals nine and four squared equals 16 equals 25. And the square root of 25 is five. If you were measuring a distance in three dimensions, you would add three values. The only difference is that in RMS, you divide by the number of measurements. Oh, okay. All right. I'm still a little lost. I mean, I understand the Pythagorean theorem, but... Okay. Then you're close. Yeah. So close. <laughs> Yet so far. <laughs> Chris wraps it up. Finally, my ham radio question. I mean, you give lots of ham radio answers, and that's yeah. much appreciated. I have boys who are 6 and 12. Okay. My 12-year-old is a tech. What? My 6-year-old will study for his tech this summer? That is amazing. That's awesome, yeah. I'm literally trying to imagine Edison in a year studying for his tech. That, that is a, a brilliant child. Yeah. Can they call CQ POTA for me when we do POTA? My understanding is that it's okay as long as I sit next to them and they use my call sign. Yes. Also, are there other good ways to get them talking on the radio? Um, so the first answer is yes, they need to use your call sign and you are the control operator. So as long as they're using your call sign, they can run through the entire contact on POTA without you being involved so long as you are there in case you need to interject or cease transmissions because something happens to the station not necessarily them doing anything wrong but something could happen that causes interference or whatever and you need to step in to solve the problem that's what the control operator does the second question how do you get them using the radio hand them some hand them some frs blister pack radios let them go play walkie talkie well the 12 year old's already attack no but the six-year-old isn't hmm. so if the he could just listen <laughs> give him a bow fang with the uh, button <laughs> broken off I, so that's kind of the problem right until until everybody gets their license you can't all play ham radio right the young one can play ham radio with you and the older one can run around with a ham radio and you can do the whole call sign thing which may encourage the young one to get their license but if you yeah. just want them to talk on the radio, like give them some, give them some uh, license-free radios. Chris, um, I'm going to need to know what reading curriculum you have your six-year-old on as well. If, if you could just send that over to me. <laughs> Gordon West books. Yeah. <laughs> Modulation. <laughs> <laughs> now spell it. That's the spelling test. They're all ham radio terms. Yeah. Frequency. That would mess up some kids. <laughs> Cues in general, all the cue stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so impressed, Chris. Yeah, very impressive. I, I mean, that's great. Congratulations well done. on your uh, 12 year old getting licensed, and it sounds like your six year old's on the way. So good. Work. I mean, our eight year old's not even licensed. That's, mm. Now we've got to go talk to them. <laughs> I've bought you like 20 blister pack radios. <laughs> Why have you not gotten your license? That's all this takes, right? How many times does Gordon West have to show up here before you figure out how to before get licensed? Before you knuckle down <laughs> and get your license. It worked for mommy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It did. All right. Chris signs off. N-S-5-E-E. Thank you so much, Chris. Again, so impressed, man. I love hearing excellence in children. <laughs> it just... Okay. 
The next email reads, something for Max to consider. And this is from Preston. Greetings, team. The email Max sent last week about a mini ham shack reminded me of a neat video Andy Kirby put out recently, which I'll drop a link to below. Maybe Max can check it out. Andy found a linear amplifier built for two meter HTs that gives an output of up to 70 watts. Mm, I did see this. Yeah. Using this amp, a rooftop antenna and a new ID 52. That's way out of the price range. (laughs) I, I think Max said he had a budget of $300. So the first thing you do, go buy a $600 radio. That's underpowered. That's a, that's a handheld. And then go buy an amplifier. Right. The, and then the rooftop antenna, too. Right. 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 I mean, that's... Yeah, wasn't uh, I trying to fit that all under $300? Yes. The radio, like, and the... But you know what, Max? Nicholas has a solution for you. You can start a business. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Andy had himself a neat little desktop shack with those three components. Yeah. Uh, so Andy's video is great. And Andy's been putting out a lot of really good videos lately too. And they're a lot of fun to watch. I will caution people to not necessarily go down the road of getting a handy talkie and an amplifier. I know they work. I wouldn't necessarily call them shacks, though, because it's not very convenient. Okay. Because now you've got a radio that has to be connected via coax into the amp versus just have a, a whip antenna. I don't know, man. The ID52, no, I love it radio, seems like it has a lot of super great features. Super great features. That does a lot of the same things you would see on like a base station oh okay well if we're doing that then why stop with the id52 why not get an ic705 it also does two meters and you throw a two meter amp on it and you've got 70 watts of power but it's not a mini ham shack it's mini it's a 705 it's small super tiny no in comparison to the id52 it's like three id52s it's (laughs) like all squished together okay why stop there Agreed the budget is $300 $1,200 radio but isn't max a tech <laughs> Don't, you can buy whatever you want nobody's stopping you from buying a hf radio when you're a tech oh okay well let's just move on <laughs> no i'm not gonna move on <laughs> okay i'm gonna come back to this because the nice thing about the id52 mm-hmm. is that as a tech i feel like i'm using a lot of the features mm-hmm Right. Whereas if I were to get an HF radio as a tech, I mm-hmm. would just feel totally limited. And I get your game. You want everybody to be a general or an extra. Wouldn't that give you incentive to get your general? Yeah, but that's not why I buy a radio. I don't want the radio to guilt me or trap me into the next level <laughs> of license. <laughs> trapped him. So that's I right. get this. The this radio is... made you buy it. <laughs> so you'd feel bad. And then it made you get your license. I, I really like what Preston's suggesting in Andy's video. Because with an ID52, a tech can really feel like they have a, a, a mini ham shack where they're using all of the features. Okay. If you're going down this road, just do me a favor and make sure you use a BNC connection on your, your handheld. Don't be doing SMA business back and forth, back and forth. Get BNCs. Okay. Please. And the budget was $300. (laughs) But also don't listen to me because I don't know anything about radios. (laughs) 
Well, you know how to work the ID fifty two. This is what I'm saying. It is, I that is that is what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's so many things, mm. so accessible. I realize that that is the radio that I'm going to take to uh, Orlando. Then how will I talk to you? <laughs> well, first we have to go to a foreign country together. Yeah. <laughs> so already, so many steps. I mean, from California to Florida, that is kind of. <laughs> now you got to get your general. I can't just uh, try to repeater all the way over. <laughs> no. No, you can't try to repeater. That's a verb now. <laughs> Preston continues, since Max mentioned he already has an HT to work with, I thought he might be able to put uh, a little two meter station together in a similar way. The LA 144 amplifier that Andy uses in his video retails for about $160. Yeah, so there you go. That's a good tip. Max may have to cheap out on the power supply a bit and get a creative with the antenna, but it would be a start. I hope this gives him some inspiration, if nothing else. I, I still don't. That's not what I recommend, but it works for some people, works for Andy. That's great. No problem. If that works for you, great. I mean, it's a really good place to start if the budget is $300 and he's a tech. And just like you and apparently every other ham I know, you're going to end up buying more radios down the line. He's 11. He's going to get more money. <laughs> right. So it's, get a good mobile radio and just have fun with that. You're going to enjoy it longer and better and more. He doesn't have a car to put it in, Josh. It's the you use it as a base station. It's the base station radio. All right. Well, the first thing you do, buy a car. <laughs> Preston signs off 73s for now. Preston KM3DLY. Thank you, Preston. Thank you, Preston. The next email is titled DMR Radio, and this is from Michael. Uh, Leia and Josh, thank you for what you do for the hobby. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. In the last podcast, you were discussing DMR, and I just wanted to tell you how we use it. We are a youth center and are trying to introduce amateur radio to the kids. Cool. They are 10 to 19. Our center club call is W9ICY. We use a DMR radio in the center to allow the kids to talk to people around the world. This setup gives them a clear sound and many contacts. We have a script they use and question and answer contacts. It works great. We send paper QSL cards and have received many in return. We're able to have conversations about many aspects of the hobby. And when they get more interested, we bring them back to the radio room and show them HF. We work alongside our local club AD9L and our school station W9GRS. We are also doing FRS radios that we give the kids. We ask them to do a net on Mondays with the FRS radios. I like that. And it has worked well in the summer months. I like that. What a great way to engage kids. That is, there you go. That is so smart. Do a mock net with like the neighborhood kids or in your case, the youth group. So they're, you know, in and around the city. Hopefully they can all hear each other. That's part of the problem too with FRS is sometimes they're not that strong and they pretty much have seriously compromised antennas. So, you know, there is this movement where um, as we become um, a more connected world, right, through mm -hmm. the internet, 
that people want to understand all of the differences that other countries have, right? How it's different. I, I mean, I think that's been around forever. Remember pen pals? That's true. But one of the nice things about ham radio is it actually shows you how the same you are, mm -hmm. right? Instead of focusing so much on like the, uh, the culture shocks from other countries, which are totally enjoyable, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but it has to be nice for kids to be able to get on a radio mm -hmm. and then feel like they're talking to somebody in another country that's doing the same thing they're doing. Yeah. Right. You know what they say, ham radio is the hobby where you use the hobby to talk about the hobby. Right, right. Perfect example. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael signs off. Thank you for what you do for our hobby and community. No, thank you, Michael. Yeah, you're doing it. I mean, you're, you're doing it right there. That's, that's exactly what we need more of. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, and that's from Michael, KD9DVF, and he's the president of the Iroquois County Youth Center. Nice. And that's W9ICY. Nice. Thank you. That's awesome. The, uh, I actually am, I'm totally sold on this. This is such a good way to. You could do that with the twangs. The twangs? Whatever. I use my own. <laughs> that's what I say. So the first thing is that they need radios and they need to be licensed. No, you could do that with like the FRS radios. Oh, yeah. Or GMRS. You could do it with GMRS, no problem. They're close enough? For 50 watts, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. They need to get their GMRS license, though. That is $75. One-time fee. No test. Wow. They're not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next email, and I was actually expecting this because I'm so sorry. I... <laughs> The email is titled Ham Adjacent Work. Okay. Okay. And I knew, I knew that this was coming because uh, I think I might have said something about Don, but I didn't say it either loud enough or more clearly enough mm -hmm. to stop your conversation from happening with yourself. <laughs> okay. Don says, I feel so betrayed. <laughs> How many times have I mentioned that I work in a ham adjacent field as a technician for a cell company? <laughs> I said feel I said technicians, did I not? Yeah, for a cell company though. Yes. Seriously, I, I said telecom. Okay. All right. I, I swear I said telecom. I'm not sure. I'd have to listen to it again. Okay. I mean I didn't mention Don by name. That is true. Mm. So apologies. Yeah. You really slighted Don, and I oh felt I felt that. Okay. I'm with you, Don. I'm with you. <laughs> Don says, but seriously, I hope everyone caught me on Tank's live stream last Sunday. I did drop a video on making a passive repeater, and Don has provided the link to his passive repeater. Uh, there's also a follow-up email. Nice. Uh, about the dipole explanation, so I'm just going to put them together. Leia, take your two halves of the bagel and lie them side by side. Look at them from above, and that would be the idea of the figuring. Except for the hole in the middle of the slices that in Leia's slice world. No, he's absolutely right, because if you take two halves of a bagel and you lay them next to each other, that is also an infinity symbol. 
The problem is that there's a hole in the center of the bagel slices. Yes. That's not what... So that whole... The, the whole circle, right? Yes. The whole circle mm-hmm. is the radiation pattern. That's the RF part. Okay. Right? That's all RF. So if you had a hole in the middle, it would imply there's no RF there. That's not what this is. But I get what you... I get but where you're But there's an even bigger... Okay. I, I'm with you, Don. <laughs> Don signs off 73. Don KE5 ADX, the RF field tech. And, and Leia's whole thing about the infinity symbol and giving me <laughs> junk about it in the podcast versus a figure eight. I said, don't ever learn to ride a motorcycle or take a motorcycle <laughs> test because they tell you to go do a figure eight in the parking lot. And it's not vertically oriented. <laughs> you don't have to defy gravity when learning to ride the motorcycle. Well, you got to install the Jado on your, uh, <laughs> you know what a Jado is? No. When uh, C-130 Hercules, do you know what a C-130 Hercules is? Mm-mm. It's a four prop propeller cargo plane used in the military. Okay. When it gets overburdened or is very heavy, sometimes it needs a little bit of help to take off. Insert the Jado. Okay. Jet assisted takeoff. They put a big rocket pack inside. <laughs> they spin those props up to full blast. They get, get going and then eight. they hit the rockets uh-huh. and then boom. Straight into a figure eight. Straight into a figure yes. eight. Vertical only. Vertical figure eight. Otherwise, it's a land infinity. <laughs> okay, Don, thank you so much for your email. Um, I did not catch Tank's live stream on Sunday. I, I don't remember what I was doing on Sunday, but... Must have been important. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Tank. You're probably working. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, the next email is... But we can go watch because it's on YouTube now. Lives on forever. Lives on forever. Yeah, we'll we'll stop the podcast and go watch it right now. Okay. Thanks, Tank. (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) The next email is titled Anthony, and this is from Tim. Leia. Don't do that. Because you're about to find out exactly who it is, and I will not allow you to blaspheme him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I heard you say you loved him. This is a large painted mural in downtown Flint, Michigan, about 15 minutes from my house, and I thought you might like it. 73's Tim, K-E-8-K-I-V. And I am breaking the ham radio rule a little bit here. Mm Mm-hmm. Only because of who it is. It's Anthony Bourdain. It's Anthony Bourdain. Of course, yeah. And it is, I just, now I have to go to Flint, Michigan too. I'm just going to do a whole Midwest America tour mm-hmm. to, to hit all of the things. Malort in Chicago. Water in Flint, Michigan. No, this Anthony Bourdain mural. Oh, okay. I and, thought it would be a blind taste test. of And the... <laughs> That's really terrible. I feel bad about I, the water I, situation. I do too, but you know, sometimes you just got to make the joke. You just got to throw it out there. I don't think I don't think we're at that point in the Flint, Michigan okay, water situation. Uh, the mural says, "You take something with you. Hopefully, you leave something good behind." Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is somebody to me who made bad decisions at points in his life mm-hmm. but was always a good person on the personal level like his person he made bad decisions for his personal right life. right but because as a person who does good things for others i think he did 
better yeah. than he took. His end makes me so sad. Yeah. And uh, also, did, did you hear about Bob Saget? I did. Yeah. And Betty White, man. I mean, Betty White, she was 99. <laughs> Bob Saget was what? 65, I think. Yeah. And found dead in a hotel room. Like, whenever I hear that for somebody who's not near death age, mm-hmm. I just, I assume just maybe one of three things that I can't say on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> Keeping that PG. Yeah. <laughs> but one belongs in the rock bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for sending that to me, Tim. I will drop that in the uh, HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. So everyone can be in awe of the wonder that is the Anthony Bourdain mural in right. Flint, Michigan. Okay. The next email reads HRCC VR DX. <gasps> so many acronyms. Wow. Yikes. And this is from Rick. <laughs> that was all Le- acronyms. <laughs> Leah and Josh, first, I really enjoy HRCC. Thank Thank you. you. We enjoy you listening. I rarely hear it all in one go, but that's fine. Keep it long. Yeah. (laughs) Last week, I heard VR and ham radio mentioned near the top of the show. And knowing that I might not make it to the end in one sitting, I fast forwarded through the quote unquote ham radio adjacent content for once. (laughs) Glad I did, but it cost me a Target run and the cost of an Oculus Quest Uh 2. Well, shoot, I should have sent you my Amazon link. No, I'm just kidding. I I mean, really, it's uh, at that time, I think the deal is over at Costco. But at that time, we were telling people to do Costco. That was such a good deal. Uh, I'd like to think I'm pretty radio geeky already, but this adds a new layer to the oh, top. Oh, this is this is wow, real ridiculous. I'm not an expert by any means, but with the Quest Two and the $19 virtual desktop app, I'm having a blast. I'm going to say this about the the way that VR must hit nerds. Okay, oh, real bad. When I put them on, I was literally overwhelmed by the feeling that I could pilot the enterprise. (laughs) Like I felt like I could do any technology. Like I was in the matrix. I was gonna, (laughs) I could make anything in this virtual world happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it would feel real enough. It's, it is a holodeck in whatever room you're wearing them in. It is. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna hit some folks wrong. You're gonna get motion sickness, or sure. they wear eyeglasses that just don't work out great with some mm-hmm. of them. You know, because you get your eyes get a little too far from the lenses. You know, it, it doesn't. Yeah, there's work for a everyone. There's a calibration that needs to happen for it to sit perfectly. There's both the width of the lenses between your yeah. eyes because everybody's distance between the pupils is different, mm-hmm. and then also how close you can get it. Right, but there's a whole balancing act to it. It, it's I, something that you do have to spend a bit of time if you if you're interested. And I think for me, it was we've watched technology kind of explode in our lifetime, right? We went from a period of time where computers were not an everyday thing. I mean, we, m- people in my age group went yeah. from like Atari twenty six hundreds to now. Right, but I remember a time pre video games. I mean, the Atari was out when we were kids. 
well, my family didn't have enough money to own it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. uh, like Pong predates us. That's okay. That's true. And I remember going from like computers at school to having a home computer and then actually being connected to people through the internet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it feeling like I was not isolated in my home anymore. Mm-hmm. I could talk to people anywhere on a well, I could at the run time, up the phone bill. It was <laughs> no, it's more like, well, I mean, I was into BBSs, right? right? So you're in a BBS and now you're talking to people in your city area. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it and then you had like AOL, instant messenger, chat rooms, things like that. Mm-hmm. Prodigy. And then, yeah, prodigy. <laughs> I did have a prodigy email. Oh, for a that long was time. <laughs> and then this is kind of the first piece of technology where I feel like it made a massive leap. Okay. You know, even like video teleconferencing mm-hmm. didn't feel the way that this does. Because it is it's genuinely like another dimension. Um, it's like a layer of realism. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it makes you feel like you could be somewhere else. It's more immersive. The immersion level is like, right. We have not experienced this level of immersion. I really can imagine people getting completely addicted to this and Mm -hmm. just living in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny. Because, I mean, that's literally the premise of like Ready Player One and yeah, other things like that. So Neuromancer for those people that are like legit. I had mentioned my friend who's running for city council. And when she came over. <laughs> to, <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. OK. But when I talked to her today. Yeah. She was like, are you just playing the Oculus all day? Because she knows I'm home with Edison. And I'm like, no, I haven't touched the Oculus in a few days because I've been so busy. She was like, I have been telling everyone I know. Every, I, I bring it up almost in every conversation about how un, just so realistic this is. If we win, if she wins, we should just buy her one. Why? Congratulations. Why would we buy her one? I don't know. Shouldn't she be like, I'm going to have a virtual party, all my supporters, VR. (laughs) And you get a VR. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She doesn't have the campaign funds for that. No. (laughs) But that would be a way to have a socially distanced party. Mm. Yeah. That's true. The election's in 90 days, though, so I'm pretty sure things will be way Mm. done by then. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> I think I I think we are in like the beginning of endemic territory and we're probably two months from kids being like under five being vaccinated and then everybody who was holding back with the exception of unfortunately immunocompromised uh, who have always faced, you know, mm-hmm. the issues with with whatever diseases are out there. I I think. It's just going to be an explosion of people going, okay, it's all over now. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Yeah. I Pfizer know. Pfizer says 2024, but yeah. of course yeah. they do. They're making money off of all right. this. So <laughs> Rick continues. 
Uh, with you guys as the inspiration, I made a quick video of me making a DX contact with my Flex 6300 while running the radio in VR. And nice. there is a Google Drive link below. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not a link to like a hosted video. Right. It's a personal video. If he if he wants to, I suggest he posts it on the Discord yes. podcast chat. Yes. Um, I will not post it just because it's kind of like a private. Yeah, you, you tell may not me. Want it you you tell me if you want there. it posted, and then I will post for you. But if. congratulations, you may be the first person to ever DX over VR. Hmm? I I think I might have got a Japan call on FT8, but not single sideband. If that's what he did, if it was voice, and that was you think that there are no other hands. There might not be that have ever used VR with ham radio to do dx to get a dx contact don't know man you should get an award there. i said might yeah. be might i'm gonna call it a might award then <laughs> certificate of achievement might be <laughs> could possibly one of the first <laughs> certificate of possible achievement yes <laughs> Okay. Well, Rick signs off. Thanks for all that you do. Great show. And I look forward to each episode. Great. Rick K7FYI. I literally think that's an amazing call sign. That is a good one. <laughs> FYI. P.S. Josh, my wife isn't licensed and has no interest. Mm. She also doesn't have the same tolerance for spontaneous ham radio purchases that Leah does. Mm. Rick, to be fair... I'm not sure I have the same tolerance mm -hmm. for spontaneous. <laughs> I, I think you are. I think you're. Uh, you're overselling Leia's yeah. uh, capabilities a little bit. I'll tell you my secret. Secret I've said from the beginning. Don't tell them. Okay, this is bad, bad advice, and we need to stop giving that little nugget out. <laughs> hey, you know we all find a different way. Some people sell Morse code paraphernalia and bracelets. Sure. I don't tell them. <laughs> Or her, specifically her. There's no one else. It's just Leia. I didn't know there was a him. <laughs> just Leia. Wow. There's more things I need to, <laughs> to take a look at now. Now, see, she doesn't care about the radio purchase Rick anymore. <laughs> Rick says, when she calls me out on this, I'm totally prepared to throw you under the bus and lay the blame at your feet. <laughs> Just kidding. Josh literally said he was holding a, he was pointing a gun <laughs> in the vicinity of where we live. Josh said, don't tell you. <laughs> Josh said, don't tell you. She balked at first, but after a good dose of YouTube 360 videos, she's on board with VR, even if it is quote unquote ham radio adjacent. It is. Okay. So if she isn't fully sold... What you need to do is go on a ham radio, not ham radio, virtual reality date. Well, then you got to get a second headset. <sighs> I mean, I, I like where your head's at. This is, <laughs> this is the kind of crackpot idea that I would come up with. You know, uh, you know how to get you... myself out of this hole of overspending. Spend more. <laughs> this has got like Fred Flintstone levels of uh, scheming going on. Yes, yes. So I'm so glad, Rick, that your wife is on board with VR, mm -hmm. 
go ahead and have her hit me up on Facebook. We're going to start having virtual reality spouse of hams meetings, okay? (laughs) In which we just show each other ham radio equipment and tell each other how much it costs. (laughs) We're just going to... All get together. Commiserate on virtual reality. Yes. And then we're going to pull up the windows to price out everything (laughs) in everyone's ham shacks. You're going to get pictures and they post pictures, like clandestine pictures of all the things. Yeah. You're going to put little price tags on everything and be like, okay, this is when all this is worth. Okay. So this is, you know, you got to get, you got to. Got to take care of yourself on this one, sister. <laughs> We're just going to write on each picture. I know that costs that much from this credit card bill. <laughs> also, who know Morse keys were so expensive? Oh, man. <laughs> they are. They're like little works of art. They're so expensive. <laughs> and you know what's funny is sometimes the straight keys, those are the ones that are like the most simplistic because it just closes a circuit. It's mm-hmm. literally just a mm-hmm. lever. Right. Like those can be the most expensive. Because they're made of gold. Some of them are. <laughs> or they're at least plated. But man, they can be expensive. That okay. is a really dangerous like hole to fall in. Like when you wake up one morning in a cold sweat and you're like, oh my God, I'm into Morse code keys. <laughs> like that's a that's a whole part of radio that's where you're like. That's my concern about your 2022 goal. <laughs> man, seriously, you should be worried. I am worried. You should be. I've got lots of derailing plans. I know me. I've got lots. I've seen what I do. I mean, I'll take suggestions too. How do I get Josh off CW? So there, you know what's crazy? I'm going to go ahead and cancel your membership to the Long Island. Like Josh wants to cancel. Yes. Josh absolutely wants to cancel his membership. You you can't cancel what's a lifetime membership. (laughs) Take it as a donation. Take all of the access back. I will pay you twice the the lifetime fee (laughs) to just go ahead. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about uh, keys. Yeah. You know how like. No, I don't want you talking about. I don't want you thinking about keys. Let's just take a step back. Take it. Tuna cans are fine. Okay. Nope. <laughs> no, they're cans. not. They're it's really, really fine. aggravating. Yeah. So there's, uh, you know, Italian sports cars. I don't want to talk Ferrari, about this. This is terrible. Ferrari, Lamborghini. How do I make it stop? You can add a new Italian name to no, the list of no. exotic and expensive Italian things. No. <laughs> Bagali. No. No. <laughs> Bad Josh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you, Rick. Good keys. <laughs> Enjoy that VR time with your wife. I think they're going to be, they might be in Orlando. No. <laughs> Somebody's credit cards are going to be reported as stolen. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. take traveler's checks? <laughs> The next email is titled Ham Radio Questions and T-Shirt Idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is from Eric. Josh and Leia. Hello. I've never written into the podcast before, so I really hope this is the right email. You got us. You made it. And welcome to the email <laughs> correspondence tower. Once you, ch- once you check in, you can never leave. <laughs> Is that supposed to be a Hotel California reference? 
but spooky. <laughs> so it's like a the the Holly the yeah hotel tower, tower of, of terror yeah tower of terror but which is gone the hotel but now it's now you can booked leave. on a feeling <laughs> yeah because you can't leave no now you can leave <laughs> because it's no longer well now it's the same tower but it's Guardians of the Galaxy that's why it's hooked on a feeling yeah do they play that song in Probably. the ride. Probably. They gotta play all the songs. Now I've gotta go. No. Yikes. No. It's a is it a musical? <laughs> it's just a musical ride? David Hasselhoff actually is strapped <laughs> to the side and he just sings at you. About rapey kit like that rapey kit song. Amazing. Jump in my car. <laughs> Anybody want a really creepy David Hasselhoff video? Go look at go look at David Hasselhoff jump in my car. Songs used to be so rapey too. <laughs> that was a real rapey song, and that wasn't even like old enough to be acceptably rapey. <laughs> like you know, there's a there's like a rapey to time, like to age. like the olden day, like yeah, the good yeah, old yeah. days. It's it, like uh, like that Christmas song gets away with it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like so old, and it's like ah, they're old, they didn't know better. What was the Christmas song? The um. I really can't stay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's in this drink? <laughs> and it was I'm like, feeling faint. <laughs> but Yeah. David Hasselhoff song. It's bad. It is too reason to be that rapey. It's it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. All right. Well, Eric continues. The 80s had a whole thing of that, too. Like, she's only 17. It's like, whoa. But <laughs> the David Hasselhoff song is newer than that. Oh, yeah. It was like in the... Oh, God. Was it in the... It Was it in the 2010s? It or was, was it definitely. It was definitely at the turn of the century. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look up the date. <laughs> Eric so says, firstly, I'd like to say you put on a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's informative. It's funny. And there's never a dull moment. Well, wait till we figure out this rapey song situation. God, it was a Vivo video. <laughs> I have to mute my... I listened to each episode all the oh, way through. 2009. Whew. Just missed the 2010s. That is still too recent for that level. You know? I'm just going to post it in the Discord right now. Okay. Everybody, you're not going to know what this is in reference to. <laughs> well, uh, so Eric says, I listen to each episode all the way through while working at my factory job and while driving anywhere and everywhere. Well, glad to be there with you at work and on the road. Yes. The extra long format isn't for everyone, but I think it's great. Thank you. For Josh, I would like to say thank you for all the hard work you do and informative videos you put up on your YouTube channel. Thank you. I try. If it wasn't for channels like yourself and Dave Kassler, KE0OG, primarily you two. Wow, that's good company. Thank you. Appreciate that. I wouldn't have been able to get my ham license in March of 2021. I have my basic with honors, general Mm equivalent-ish, and I hope to take my advanced amateur extra equivalent test as soon as possible. You have a really good way of teaching the younger and newer groups of ham radio. 
with your engaging teaching style, informative topics, and plethora of cool tech you show off, you're like the Linus Tech Tips no. of Ham Radio. You know that Linus Tech Tips has one of the most viewed Ham Radio videos on YouTube? This Eric is literally giving you the most glowing review. I, I watch Linus Tech Tips all the time. I love his channel. I, I, I watch so many YouTube. I, I watch a lot of YouTubes. Uh, but I do appreciate that. That's high praise. Thank you so much. That That is high praise. I mean... <laughs> I think there's only, what, uh, three YouTubers, oh, maybe four ham radio YouTubers. There are four now. That are over 100 Well, I mean, uh, Ellsworth is above, there, there are a number of people who have made YouTube ham radio videos that are over 100K. Oh, over 100K subscribers? Yeah. Oh, okay. There are a number, but I would say, like, of the people who only make ham radio videos, yes, like that's their primary jam. Right. There's four Dave Castler, Dave Castler, you, Eric, right, and Jason big, just got it. Big congratulations! He, he joined the club. He worked his butt off Jason, to get there, man. Ham radio 2.0. Yeah, just did it. Huge congratulations! <laughs> mm-hmm. So excited, man. He he worked really hard for it too. He does. I mean, YouTube is his full time gig, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, Which I mean, that's whew, man. That's a t- that's a dream. That's a, that's a tough go in the radio world. I, I would say that you know that's like that's a big. Oh, it's Jerry. I, don't know, I was thinking Amy. Jerry. Elsworth? Oh, I think Amy is her partner. That's why I was getting the two confused. Mm. But yeah, uh, Jerry. Tilt five. Augmented reality. Remember we talked about that last week? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the there are, it, it's, it's an interesting time for Ham Radio YouTube. It really is. There's so many people out there making ex- insanely good videos now. I, I literally think we're turning it around, guys. At some point, they're no longer going to be able to say, you know, such and such is killing Ham Radio. Because there's <laughs> just going to be so many hams. More more licenses, and you too can contribute to the growth of ham radio by watching YouTube videos. N- no, oh, I was I was gonna say for just I, I don't know how much it is to get licensed now. <laughs> how much is is this turning into like a Sally Struthers yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> feed the children ad? You too can adopt a ham radio license for only <laughs> like ten bucks. How t- ten dollars or a dollar a year? <laughs> <laughs> or what was her her jam was like? It's basically five cents a day. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a dollar a you year. You can major in business management or accounting, <laughs> bookkeeping, TV VCR repair, or get your degree. I think that's literally the end of that. Those are the ones I remember. Remember yeah. how it started getting longer and longer? Yes. You're like Sally, man. You got 15 seconds. <laughs> The text actually got smaller, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> what are those letters? <laughs> now, next up, Alex Trebek for Colonial Pen Life Insurance. Oh. Yep. Remember that? Sad. Sad about Alex Trebek. Did you mourn that properly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I watched a bunch of uh, Saturday Night Live, <laughs> Sean Connery and Alex Trebek videos. <laughs> the rapist <laughs> today is my lucky day i'll take the rapist before that's therapist <laughs> oh 
All right. Well, Eric says, for Leia, I don't have all the details pinned down, but I've got a vague concept for a shirt idea. You joke all the time about touch lamps, and I can hear the pain in Josh's voice every time he hears the word. Touch lamps are like the boogeyman of ham radio and RFI. Okay, so when Chris, one of the admins, Mm -hmm. was it Chris or was it? No, it was Mike Kate MRD. Mm -hmm. And I think he he moved somewhere where the RFI was insane. Yeah, he was like, I don't know if Leia moved a touch lamp in here. (laughs) Like I flew out (laughs) to where Mike threw it in the attic, broke, did a B and E. You can't convict me. I left something. <laughs> <laughs> I stole nothing. It was a lot of effort. That's that's a lot. To create Mike a lot of headache. <laughs> to kill his Wi-Fi every time he transmits. <laughs> that is so sad. Could you imagine how mad you'd be? <laughs> I would not be able to ham any longer. Wouldn't you just get everything like whatever is happening fixed? Wow, that's a really <laughs> thorough way of explaining the problem really, and the solution. <laughs> I'm really good at electronics troubleshooting. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not to toot my own horn. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're uh, like electronics like I do. <laughs> You know, so I have to take this segue because it was just the stupidest thing. Okay. Did I do this? No. Okay. So I'm in a chat with some other, I'm in a chat with some other parents (laughs) and they're, um, they're really upset that there aren't enough, uh, lunch tables to properly distance the kids from lunch when they're maskless Mm -hmm. okay and so somebody put a picture up at one of these high schools that installed uh the car ports you know the car covers Mm -hmm. that is solar okay which is not an easy feat i mean you need plans you need um permits and then you've got to procure and install the equipment right Mm -hmm. and they started it i think over winter break or shortly after Mm -hmm. and they're basically done now and then they were like why can't they install those over the lunch tables and i'm like well first of all they are they have electricity in them (laughs) i don't know if what you're talking about on a you want that on lunch tables where kids can be all around kicking on them <laughs> and climbing on them, right? I mean, it's probably fine. And then and then she said, why can't you just move the lunch tables out to there where they are? It's like... In the parking lot? Yes. One, because it's a parking lot. And two, because that parking lot faces one of the busiest streets in our city. <laughs> Why can't the kids play with the solar panels? Yeah. <laughs> kids love saving the earth. And I was like, you know what? I'm a ham. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you about electricity and solar power. <laughs> let me, let me, let me educate you. Yeah. <laughs> on electronics. Yes. You first, you take a donut and you cut it in half. <laughs> That's the first thing you do. Do you see? <laughs> do you see? 
Do you see? This donut has a particularly small hole. That's important. That's very important. <laughs> the straw, this is a dipole. Yes. The most basic antenna. We're going to reference it a lot in this three-hour journey of a discussion we're about to do. To explain to you why you can't put lunch tables under a carport. <laughs> All right. Well, Eric continues, touch lamps are like the boogeyman of ham radio and RFI. When I was a kid, I always thought the Pixar lamp that comes out and stomps the letter I was a bit sinister and creepy. What if you had a shirt that had a touch lamp stomping on a letter of ham, a ham radio related word, maybe the I and propagation or something along those lines? I think it would be pretty funny and be really relatable. So what you're saying is I could take my touch lamp and animate it. What if it was just jump on top of the propagation? What if squishing it? No, what if it was even easier than that? What if it was just an R and an F? And then the I was the lamp, a vertical stand-up touch lamp, RFI. Mm, okay. And okay. then it did that cool thing where, like, it shows the light pattern coming out from under the shade. Okay. And the light pattern intersects the letters, and it changes it from, like, white to black. Oh, yeah. You've got an idea. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Eric, if if we make it, you're getting one. That wouldn't be hard to, to draw and procreate, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, after I'm done with my work deadline. Okay. I might lot, be able to draw that. A lot of things are <coughs> timing right now. I could probably draw that. Well, Eric, things are sounding good for you. When Josh says he can draw something. I still got to do the bandolier bow thing. Somebody bugged me about that too. They're yeah, like, where where's the it? bandolier bow thing Why shirt? I'm like, I want to buy it. I was like, yes, I know. I, I want to own this as well. <laughs> I can't, I can't CW hiatus and do all this stuff. <laughs> you know what, Josh? It's okay. Hmm. You should focus on these other things. It's very important. Just get me closer to that sweet, sweet Begali. <laughs> Eric asks, one last quick question before I sign off. Josh, if you put an aftermarket antenna on the FT5DR, is it still IPX7 waterproof? Yes. Like the Diamond SRH77CA, for example. I want to sell my FT3 and get an FT5 and was hoping an aftermarket antenna would still hold up the waterproof rating. I always put a better aftermarket antenna on my new HTs. Since you have firsthand experience, I thought you might know. I'd like to put a signal stick on it, but my gut says that definitely wouldn't have a waterproof seal at the SMA connection. Okay, so I'm almost positive that I'm correct on this, that it has nothing to do with the antenna that's connected, the, the waterproof rating. But because I don't fulfill warranty claims for any brand, right? Um, you should check with them. You really should for the final right. word on this. This is not legal advice or warranty advice. But I believe this is not that this advice. has nothing to do with the antenna connection. It is, it's the, the side flaps, the little flappy bits, the rubber uh, gasketed flaps those must be closed and sealed appropriately it's has nothing to do with the antenna connection 
All right. Well, you heard it here. This is not advice. Please contact your manufacturer. (laughs) (laughs) For this one, yeah, particularly if you're going to be dunking it in water. Eric signs off 73 and best wishes to the both of you. Eric R, VA3FYB. Thank you, Eric. Hope that we did not give you advice on that question and that (laughs) you... There were so many people that, that commented when you had Ray Novak on the live stream and you threw the radio in the water that he was like shook. But did you, does anybody have a screenshot of his face? I, it's on the video. We can go back and watch it. But I, I didn't really warn him that I was doing it either. I was just like, and now it's time. And I pulled out of it and dunked it in the water. I gave people like no time to react. I just did it. Poor Ray almost had a heart attack and then was like, yeah, yes, I knew. <laughs> no, I knew because, the whole time. <laughs> so the interesting part about that is, as Ray told me, because I, I don't think he, I, I don't think he was, but some people said, you know, he was. I don't think he was because he was like, you know, the, the, the ICOM handhelds, they're almost all IPv7 rated, IP7 rated. Um, so every, all the, the 51s and the 70 centimeter model, they're all rated for that. Which is like, cool, okay. All right, so he, was, he actually didn't look scared. He looked confident. That's right. Yes. <laughs> that was the shocked face of confidence. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Okay, the next email is titled, 1X Listener, First Time Writer. Oh, okay. And this is from Sebastian. Those are the only first time writers we accept is 1X right. listeners. So you, you, you made the cut. I'm just kidding. Sebastian writes, Leah and Josh, writing to you from the MANH, just started this. M-A-N-H. Is that Massachusetts, New Hampshire? Sure. Okay. Just started this week. I episode, understand local references. But I figured I should send this before it becomes a novel. Well, thank you for writing in for the first time and welcome. Yes, thank you. We have so many new first time writers. See you next week. (laughs) Now you're obligated. Yeah. Punch punch the time clock before you leave. Kidding, of course. (laughs) I've been writing this as a draft for several weeks. Apologies for the length. Mainly ham related with some podcast comments. My editor had it for a couple of weeks. (laughs) And a question as well. I will probably keep this to every three to four weeks if I write more emails or once I've caught up. Then I can write shorter emails. I like the plan, Sebastian. You're thinking ahead. You know what kind of commitment it is to write into the podcast. <laughs> this is good. You, yeah. you do need to schedule with Leia. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can, she likes things done uh, within a fortnight <laughs> in, in, uh, in written correspondence. So just keep that in mind. I'm just kidding. Write in as little or as often as you'd like. But you can't ever stop. Yeah. <laughs> you can go like on BBC and go on hiatus though. <laughs> Years of hi- How long did Doctor Who How go did on you hiatus? get to that? The, the, by the way, this I will is a never, long I will never let it go. Deep. The BBC lets me down every time. <laughs> this is a long, deep, angry place that Leia lives in. It it makes me so mad because every time I get into a series from the BBC. It goes on hiatus for an, an undetermined amount of time. And I have already gotten so invested. And then every time I'm like, never again. The BBC will never get me again. Who produces or who airs this show? Wasn't Just so I know. Wasn't Downtown Abbey from the BBC? 
that finished. And I want to say that that was actually, yeah, I think it was BBC, but then over here. It was CBS. C- no, PBS. PBS, that's it. PBS, I knew would not let me down because Sesame Street has been going on forever. <laughs> Even, and they even would under not, rape allegations, they won't shut down. And Sesame they Street. would not pick up a series that did not at least have a sufficient finale. Okay, this is this is the like Downton. This is the network that I watched the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on. Oh, I knew God. it was not going to let me that down. that version of Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe was was don't, so slow. Don't don't ruin so it. So slow. Don't ruin it. Oh, it's so slow. Just maybe you just don't have an appropriate attention span from all of your years of video game use. No, that's not it. Okay. I like Blade Runner <laughs> and, and Dune, <laughs> David Lynch Dune. Oh, that is slow. Okay. So, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, don't even come at me. Just don't know why the BBC has to go on hiatus. I'll put all their shows on hiatus like that. Because people won't pay their, for their TV licenses. Okay. That's why. No, no. I'm but I think kidding. they let AbFab run forever. Yeah. I <laughs> I think it's actually the actors. I think the actors, when they get like extremely popular, then they're like, oh, you know what? Can we go on hiatus? I've got to do these other better paying <laughs> gigs. That or they ask yeah. the BBC for more money and they're like, no, you know what we could do? Hiatus. Come back to me when you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know what you just earned for your popularity? A hiatus. (laughs) The uh, friends would not have survived on the BBC. Oh my goodness. No, no. Or Seinfeld. Or How I Met Your Mother. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) When you really think about it, that show Or The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) I hate that show. I know. I hate it so much. (laughs) That's why I bring it up. Okay, keep going. You just please. feel We're, like nerds are so maligned at, by that show. I went to my dad's. My dad, he he's he watching loves the it. crap he's, out of it, and I'm like, he why? Loves it. He's like, reminds me so much of my son. That <laughs> sarcastic <laughs> jackass that is my son. You think he thinks you're Sheldon? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't. What's bet? There's no good option. <laughs> I mean, Raj is fine. <laughs> Not really. One of the guys is an astronaut. I think two of them are. No, two of them are physicists. I thought, uh, what's his name, went to space. I know the one guy did. The I one that's with remember. Bernadette. I don't remember any of their names. You only remember Bernadette because she looks so like mousy and innocent on the show and on the internet. It is explicit pictures. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> okay. And mine be Alec because she's blossom. Yeah, yeah. She has a new show. Is it Jeopardy? No, she, she has co-hosted a, for a while. Yeah, but she has a new show, and on like the first episode of the second season, her co-hosts on Blossom show up on the show, including Joey, Joey Lawrence, oh and Six. Yeah, she does stupid ta- hat. Oh, they all have stupid hats. That's right. I mean, Blossom was the one who was, but then she pretended that she wasn't Blossom. And that they were the cast of Blossom. And she was gushing over them like she was a huge fan. 
right? Oh, and then and then she was like, dumb. Well, oh, the show's terrible. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not a good show. I'm not going to even tell you the name of the show because it's so wow. bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just to spare you from curiosity. <laughs> but then, I'll tell you the name of a bad movie that you shouldn't watch. Keanu Reeves is in it. He's in a pod. <laughs> he knows Kung Fu. You are so bitter about this movie. It wasn't, we gotta get back to the it wasn't that bad. It was so bad. But I want to get to the end of this terrible Blossom okay, thing. Okay. She then asked the cast of Blossom, mm-hmm. what happened to the girl on the show who used to wear the funny hats, referring to herself. And then she turned to the camera and winks. That's Yes. Horrible. And and then they respond, I don't know, I think that she's done a quiz show or something. <laughs> There's too many references and everything. Everybody wants to reference everything. And they yes. think that's humor. Mm-hmm, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not funny. Mm. Although that's all we do. So right, it's right. not funny. This is a podcast of references. It is. Yeah. But I mean, we fight about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Sebastian continues, ham journey. I've been a ham since 2009, passing tech in the beginning of my sophomore year at WPI for ECE. Have no idea what those acronyms mean. Right. (laughs) Mostly use local area repeaters, uh, incline, our clubs, and some volunteering, including one year with the Boston Marathon. Oh, That's awesome. Currently studying for my general, which I hope to take and pass before the birth of our second child in late summer. Wow. Well, good luck on your general and congratulations. Yeah, get that on done child you number kids. two. Yeah. More kids. I'm I'm gonna let you in on a little secret about child number two. If you had a fantastic child number one, mm-hmm. right? Where that kid made you feel like parenthood, not that I hard. Got this. I mean, I'm I'm killing it. Look at how great my kid turned out. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong, independent woman. Or, or man. This is parenting is a two person gig, right? <laughs> my husband has been playing ham radio this whole time. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that your second child is there to prove you wrong. <laughs> the first child was literally just to lull you into a sense of security so that you would procreate again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second child, if you can do a good job with that one and you still feel like you could have another kid, you should have more kids. That is. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always wondering how the third ones come around. Yeah. After the second ones. <laughs> I mean, my sister was an accident. <laughs> I I think that might be part of it. (laughs) But I mean, some people want to have large families, right? Mm -hmm. And for those people, more power. Maybe some people want to have 16 years between the oldest sibling and the youngest. Yeah, it it worked out great for my family. (laughs) (laughs) My sister's my best friend and also thought for a long time that I was actually her mom and that we were hiding it. (laughs) Wow. That's some. That's. Yeah. That's a little weird. Mm. But no, (laughs) she is genuinely just 16 years younger than me. (laughs) All right. Well, Sebastian continues. Podcast comments. 
From the Christmas Eve episode, I loved the MOSFET test question, as I've been in the semiconductor industry since 2013 Mm -hmm. and enjoyed listening to those not directly in the industry describing it or explaining it to others. I'll attach some illustration of the gate channel. Yeah, you've already lost Leia. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Video comments in the recent Smith chart video also gave me some chills, although I learned plenty of RF on the job as a TLP technician early on, segued that to engineer to program manager. We'll nice. We'll further that in next email. This is your very accomplished, Sebastian. Yeah. (laughs) During early sophomore year, I was somehow convinced to take an RF transmission lines course without the prerequisite. Aside from the general low pass rate for the course anyways, let's just say it didn't go so well for me at the time. Okay. (laughs) Looking back, I still have the textbook. It isn't so bad now. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, the Smith chart video that was with... Sterling. Yes. Hi, Sterling. Oh, um, I forgot. When I talk to Sterling, I have to talk like this because he listens on 2x speed and I really want to make sure that he can't actually understand what I have to say. That's right. Yes. Now for my ham question. Okay. Back in early December, I was playing around with my new SDR1A Woohoo! HRO sale. Okay. And some makeshift antennas from my office. Mm-hmm. See lower level of split level house. And for some reason, a speaker wire dipole cut for 10 meters was giving me much better clarity on 80 meters than 10 or even 20 meters, even in the morning. This struck me as odd since it's essentially underground. Thoughts? Mm. It's a split level. Are you picturing it in your head? Mm-hmm. And then it's a speaker wire dipole cut for 10 meters. I want, so because I, when you say 480 meters, I heard great reception on 80 meters. Yeah. Sometimes 80 meters is like a lot of close in stuff. And sometimes it's a lot of NVIS, near vertical incidence sky wave. And maybe you do better in that case. I don't know. Too many variables. Okay. I don't know the distance of the, clearest station or maybe there's multiple clear stations how far away they were maybe you have low maybe you have a low noise situation on 80 meters for some reason on 10 which would kind of make sense because it's probably not the best receiver it's definitely not what do they say one third wavelength of the um of the frequency you want to hear is what makes a good receiving antenna that's exactly what they say thank you mm-hmm. yeah i ta- you know yeah i got a tattoo on my forehead yeah <laughs> uh yes and <laughs> so that's why you can read it right now. Yeah. All right, Sebastian has some closing thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've watched most of the live streams of the past wow, few months. Wow, okay. And have caught the after chat on Discord a few times as well. Nice. Well, I'm so glad you're joining the podcast community after so long on the How YouTube many other and, things can yeah. we communicate to you on? Hopefully, I'll remember to listen from the opposite end of the house as my sleeping family next weekend. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm guessing it got loud and loud and rowdy. Oh, the after chat's always yeah. (laughs) After after about the nine o'clock, eight to nine o'clock mark, that's when it starts. The wheels start coming off. Also, speaking of HRO, my only location is only nine miles away. Oh, and dude. if I was still working in the office, it's barely a detour from my work commute. Oh. The struggle is real. Yeah, man. I I go there often. Sometimes I go there. Just to go. And I don't buy anything. 
You just go in, say I mean, hi it's, to it's, Billy Bob, have some coffee and a donut. I mean, don't get me wrong. I go there all the time. This has only happened twice. <laughs> but sometimes it's fun to just go. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Please stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, going and buying. You can, I guess, go and not buy. I told That's, you twice. Yeah. You go almost every weekend. <laughs> what are you talking about? Two times. Did you, have you bought one of everything in the store? No. They, how much stuff they got? They do have a consignment section that that'd be really hard to do. Oh, I buy, yeah. I, I buy consignment stuff sometimes. It's, it, they, they sometimes have really good deals. Sometimes not great. There's a, there's a whole, oh, there's a couple radios that like, Haunt they're you? overpriced, but they're in such good quality. They're such good. They look like they're in such good shape. If okay. I end up, like, if I plug them in and I find out that they're all working, I, I might buy it. I don't no, know. don't do it. I don't know. Don't do it. I don't know. No. Listen listen to me, the angel on your shoulder, <laughs> and not the little you on the, the other little, <laughs> The me that is also yeah. there. Remember when that was a trope? Do people still do that? Do they do that in sitcoms still? If they don't, they really need to bring it back. No, they don't. That was horrible. It really shows the internal struggle that you have between doing what you should do and doing what you want to do. That was... And in this case... So shallow. <laughs> but so very clear for those, so those of us at home. Well, Sebastian actually uh, has a little bit of a follow-up email mm -hmm. because uh, he's got the link to the video explaining MOSFET. He says, I started with a Yaesu VX7R whose SMA connector has since broken. Need to order a replacement to solder on. Acquired a used Motorola HT1250 uh, UHF for use both on ham repeaters and a commercial repeater for a different college club mm -hmm. need to replace a blown fuse and a Wushan KG UVD 1P, my current radio of use. And Sebastian signs off 73 Sebastian KB1 SXT. Very Thank cool. You, that Sebastian. is quite, that's quite a collection you have uh, compiled that you're going to have to fix. <laughs> well, they're not all broken. Uh, the Yesu VX7R SMA connector yeah. needs fixing. There's a Motorola that needs a replaced blown fuse. And then the Wushan that works fine. Ironically, the Chinese radio. One out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sebastian, for sharing your ham radio journey and all of your comments on all of the content. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, well, I got boosted yesterday and I'm really feeling it today. I don't know. And this why is the day I got to do the editing. Thanks so much for setting up the uh, appointment for me. I really do appreciate it. Timing, not perfect. I feel like I should genuinely be thanked. I genuinely thanked you. But also... Why do they call it a booster when you feel like crap afterwards? It boosts your immune system. That's the argument. Uh, well. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get this going because how, buddy, I got to edit this after and I'm uh, feeling a woozy. I'm already fading. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go. So before we start, I really nope. want to thank Let's Adam. go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I really want to thank Adam. He sent us three new smoked cheeses. Oh, yes. Every single one, delicious. So good. Everyone in the house is, I don't think I've ever had smoked cheese that I liked so much. I want everybody to understand, we often will take, like, we'll have hot takes on things. We'll take strong opinions about food that people are either hot or cold on. Like, it's fun. You're we, not allowed to disagree with us on this. No, Adam's smoked pick, cheese is the best. We pick we pick <laughs> things that are kind of like fringy, like York pepper and patties, right? Like, people are either really in love with them or they just don't I just care. like them. Okay. Cougar gold cheese is universally very good. Like, it is a very, very if good If you don't cheese. like it, you're dead inside. Unless you're like lactose intolerant or something. Don't worth it. <laughs> no. Take a lactate, get on with life. Uh no, it, it is it is very good cheese. And then if you take that very good cheese and you have someone smoke it and, and they know what they're doing, it is even better. So good. Yeah, because if I would have tried to smoke cheese, it would not have come out that way. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you doing with the car exhaust? Yeah. <laughs> It would have ended up melted or something that's on what, the grates. That's what happens to most people when they yeah. smoke for the first time. Yeah. It's a cold smoke. I put the grill outside. Because <laughs> normally it's in the home. I was I was really <laughs> cold when I was doing it. It's real cold outside. Actually, I'm pretty sure Adam did smoke this in the snow. So, so it's, it's extra cold smoked. It was perfect, Adam. Thank Very, you so much. Okay. All right. The next email reads, 11 meter correspondent, Drew. Hey. Leia and Josh, greetings. I want to reinforce something Josh has said many times again. Mm. Just like my last email, only about something different. What you might ask? Discord, of course. Ah. I thought he was going to tell us to give the beans. Oh, okay. I don't say that really. That's more of a you thing. No, that's a Drew thing. Well, that's also (laughs) a Drew thing, yes. With all the talk about FT8, I figured as long as I was home, snowed in, and waiting for doctors to get their collective story straight, I try to get FT8 working. There's a lot of information on the line about getting FT991As up and running on FT8 with Windows, but less with a Mac. However, after a couple of false starts, I managed to get cat working from my Mac mini to my FT991A. But I was having some transmit issues even when the PTT function in the software checked out. Mm-hmm. Off to the HRCC Discord where many patient and knowledgeable individuals offered assistance. I'm telling you, that is the brain trust. It is. Once a couple of suggestions were made, a few settings double-checked, I finally got FT8 up and running on 20 meters and made a contact. Congratulations, Drew. That's great news. Since it was Friday afternoon, I stopped messing with it for a few minutes after that contact to go change my antenna, the BSP, over to 40 meters in anticipation of the HF net. When I went back inside, I messed with the radio enough to know that the 40 meter band was starting to cook and said, what the heck? Let's see what happens with FT8. Nothing. Okay. Oh, what could possibly be wrong? The 40 meter band is absolutely jumping and I have 3S of noise and no data warbles on FT8. I start up the Discord again and again, the help comes, suggestions, ideas. Finally, looking at my waterfall, I notice there is activity 
above the FT8 frequency. Mm. I roll the VFO up and data warbles. What mm-hmm. the? Oh, so he's in lower sideband. As soon as I point this out in Discord, one of the people who has been helping me, um, helping me out points to something that should be obvious. Yes, data on all bands is USB. Mm-hmm. Silly me. I was using LSB, lower sideband, duh, 40 meters. Problem solved. The best part, the next comment in Discord, new to data on 40 meters. We've all been there. <laughs> so I would remind everybody that if you have cat control working, don't touch your radio. Just let the software do it. Just click the drop down on the left hand side below the left hand uh, text window of the decode messages on WSJTX and change it to whatever band you want. It will move your radio into upper sideband. Oh, wow. It'll change the band for you and it'll move it to the correct mode. Well, it won't change the mode, but just let your computer do the work. Nice. In conclusion, for this part of the email, if you need help with something, get on the HRCC Discord. Those cats are great. Because of them, I made nine contacts on FT8 using 40 meters, including my first international contact, Italy. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That said, I have a different antenna up now, a Chameleon MCOM 3 base and fed half wave, while both the Wolf River Coil TIA and the Buddy Stick Pro are great antennas for portable operations. It's fantastic to have an antenna that tunes on all the bands without having to go outside and fiddle with it. Yes. (laughs) The inverted V really seems to be working remarkably well, even though it's running almost straight east-west. Apparently, an inverted V is very omnidirectional at most HF frequencies. Also, while I expected the NFED half wave to be somewhat of a noisy antenna, mine is not noisy. Although part of the choice to install east-west instead of north-south was because east-west is perpendicular to a set of nearby power lines. Mm-hmm. So in theory, it's quieter this way. Josh, yes. look for an audio drop from me about the WRC and the BSP. Drew, buddy, I got the drop. I listened to it. It's great. It's 10 minutes long. So I, in, in an effort to keep, to shore this up a bit. Really great points, though, honestly. Really good points. And I think everybody listening, I will post this on the Discord, uh, on the HRCC podcast chat. So just go to HRCC podcast on the Discord and you can listen to it. Again, Drew, nicely done. Great job. It's just a, a little long for the podcast. But also, you have a really great voice you do. for podcasting. Yeah, you should. I or highly... just YouTube. You should do YouTube yeah. videos. <laughs> you really, like 10 minutes. Like if you had, uh, you could you could do a couple of video shots and then put B-rolls and overlay and all that. You're right there. Yeah, thank you so much for the drop, Drew. I'm going to continue the email. Drew says, finally, I have to talk about the winter heat event for a second. This is the VHF UHF simplex contest that lasts all January. The week two update email was sent out Wednesday on the 12th, and they had a section on most unique long distance contact, which was 155 miles on 147.570. The contact took place on January 6th from KO4TWQ, that's me, to KD9RAZ, 
who was airborne at the time in a small plane. Oh, that might have helped. How cool is that? That's that might awesome. Help with the distance. That's pretty good. What a what a great winter heat experience. Josh, Leah, thank you for being part of renewing my interest in getting my amateur license. This process has been fun and exciting, learning new things, meeting new people, and trying out wild theories to see if it works. I appreciate the time and effort that goes into the podcast each week and the production that goes into Josh's videos. I went back and watched the video on Grid Tracker that Josh did, and it's added a whole new dimension to my fascination with FT8. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank, thank you for you. the kind words. 73K04TWQ, Drew, a.k.a. Trailhound. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate thank that. Thank you, Drew. And it sounds like you might be well on your way to making your own YouTube channel. Yeah. That then you can marvel at your own production. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. Josh actually does spend a good amount of time with his video production. <laughs> you look Do so tired. Do I? Oh, no. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> I am pretty tired. I... Oh, I feel now I really do feel bad for booking your booster for today. So great. <laughs> I Stop. don't. You uh, didn't think about I'm it. Just I not, didn't think about it either. I'm just not going to look at you anymore. Okay? That'd be good for this podcast <laughs> yeah. where we look right at each other when we talk. That's going to work out well. Nicely. Nice. Just nice going to not look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you can read. Just Go ahead. wage my guilt. <laughs> okay. The next email is titled ICOM RSBA1 Software and Sharing Comports. And this is from Norm. Okay. Good evening, guys. Big fan of the show. Mm -hmm. We're big Thank fans you. of Norm. We are. Yeah. Recently received the ICOM RC28 remote encoder as a gift from my lovely XYL. I've had the RSBA1 version 1 remote control option for quite a while, but I've always had to use the on-screen controls. The RC28 makes playing radio remote a lot more like playing radio at home. Yes. So how do the remote encoders work? It's a little uh, box okay. with a big VFO knob. Okay. And it has a PTD button you can hold down, or you can set it to click, and it'll stay clicked. You talk, and then you click it again. Okay. And then it has a left and right channel for the dual receive on the 7610. It was built and designed for the 7610, but it works with the 7300. Cool. I would like to use the remote encoder in the shack using the same computer that is hooked up to my IC7100 using just the RSBA1 software. Okay. I have a problem when running uh, WSJTX or FLDigi at the same time as the RSBA1 software is running. Yes, you do. I get COM errors since both programs are trying to access the same COM port to yep. control the radio. Mm -hmm. I don't really need the remote VFO when using the WSJTX. JTX, but it could come in handy working other digital modes on FL Digi. This isn't an issue when working remotely since the ICOM remote utility software sets up a virtual COM port. Mm -hmm. I believe Josh uses the RC28 in his shack, so any advice would be appreciated. Are there yes. any workarounds to be able to use FL Digi and the RC28 remote VFO at the same time? Also, any tips on what functions I should map to the two buttons on the remote VFO? Okay. Did he mention what radio? Was it a 7100 or a 7300? 7100. Okay. This is not an issue with the 7610 because the 7610 is native and has a USB port where you just plug it in and it works. It goes direct to the radio. So this is never a problem with that radio. So go buy a 7610. 
I'm kidding. Wow. That's not the answer. I think the I think that uh, Norm's wife has been more yeah. than generous. <laughs> okay. So here is the problem. I have never been able to run the RSBA1 software and any digital applications at the same time unless you go through a process of creating virtual COM ports. Okay. You will have to create multiple virtual COM ports to split off one USB connection to the radio into multiple virtual ports, one that goes to RSB1A and one that goes to JSA Call or WSB. How do you create a virtual COM port? Off the top of my head, I don't remember the software I downloaded, but there are a couple of titles that are available if you Google that. Here is something to try, though. Since you are going to be running JSA Call and WSJTX, you don't need the RSBA1 software running. So shut down the RSB1A software and use the ICOM remote software. To run the RSBA1, you have to be running the remote software. And the remote software will allow your your, uh, your radio to also talk to JSA Call and WSJTX. That means that you will lose the capability of the USB rotary control for your 7100, but as you've already said, you don't need it when you're doing digital modes. So when you're done doing digital modes, shut down JSA Call or WSJTX and open up RSB1A again. Okay. That should do it. Well, hopefully that answers your question, Norm. Norm signs off. Thanks in advance on 73 from Norm, KC9CSC. I think I have to to explain this just so people listening understand. There is a software title called RS-RSB, RSBA1 that is available from ICOM, RS-BA1. It allows you, and, and this is what it was designed to do. So you have a computer, right, connected to your radio at home. You run, it's a two software title. You download, you buy the CD, you get two pieces of software. The remote software is a very simple Spartan gray screened application, and it allows you to create a server. That server is your computer connected to your radio. You can then run the RSBA front end, which looks like a radio, on any laptop connected to the network or computer connected to the same network as your computer that connects to your radio. (laughs) That's the design of it. You're supposed to run the RSBA front end on the remote terminal that connects to your server computer that's running the ICOM remote software. I know the the, the Alexa (laughs) keeps going off. That's its design. However, you can run both on the same computer like you're running locally, but it was kind of, it's a little like extra parts, if you will, to do that. With this this software, you could technically poke a hole in your network, a protected, a port, right? You could go to somewhere, like on vacation in a hotel, and using a laptop and a connection to the RSB1 software, you can connect to your remote ham shack over the internet. A lot of people do this. That's the ICOM solution for that. That's kind of what it was designed to do. But it works fine in other cases too. So there you go, just so people okay. understand. Wow, but you sometimes you just blow me away with your knowledge. It's a lot of like application knowledge, I'm realizing. Mm. Mm. I get hit with those, uh, how's a MOSFET work? Like last week and I'm like, I, <laughs> What's a MOSFET? <laughs> I don't know. I got to have Sterling to talk about Smith charts. <laughs> I'm a software guy. <laughs> I am not an electronics guy. All right. Thanks, Norm, for your email and hope you get 
that running without the port conflicts. Although I do like to solder things. But also not a, because of the electronics, that's what causes me to screw up kits like the tuna can kit. I wanted um. to eat that thing so hard. <laughs> it pissed me off so bad. I may have to go back and figure out what's actually going on with it and like pour over the instructions again, fix it, and then see if I can get it running and then do a like a recovery video. Recover <laughs> recovery for par follow-up video. All right. The next email is titled Food for Thought with Radios and Modern Tech. And this is from Wes. Good evening, Fang Daddy and his rational radio financial advisor. I'll take that title. Never listen to your financial advisor. Yeah. <laughs> Always listen to your financial advisor. They're just trying to get you to buy mutual funds or something. No. No. <laughs> They just want your portfolio to succeed and not be squandered on radios and other ham radio accessories. <laughs> Remember, uh, what was it? <laughs> Wu-Tang Investment, like, uh, on the Dave Chappelle show? Do you remember that? I don't. But Wu-Tang Investments sounds like a firm I can really get behind. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> it was a couple Asian guys? N- no, it I'm was the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, and there are words I, I I can hear and see like an image the skit, and there are words said that I cannot say because <laughs> they are hilarious. But not good pod, nor can I say them in any context. <laughs> well, Wes says I posted a small snippet of this HRCC podcast. I posted a small snippet of this in the HRCC podcast discord, but I thought I could expand on this more and get more feedback from the community. This week, my cell phone broke. Mm. It was a $100 Samsung I got from Walmart four years ago. Nothing fancy, but I do not require anything fancy because I do not do quote unquote social media other than for my business. This week, I purchased a secondhand Galaxy Note 10 for my business and personal use. This is the first high-end phone I have ever used. I found myself hesitant to spend $400-ish on a nice piece of tech for my personal life and business, but I usually give a little thought to buying I usually give little thought to buying HF radios, whether to resell or keep them for a personal project. I guess I see these radios as an investment rather than entertainment at the moment that will help people and myself in the future for emergency needs. In my rural community of Pine Grove, Louisiana, AT&T customers often see about one week of no phone service per month. This seems to be the company turning off this, this rural tower for a week. What? What? <laughs> Why? Recharging batteries? They turn it off a week in the month for no apparent reason. Okay. People have called and asked but can never get an answer, and some have been told they are planning to shut it down inevitably at some point. CB radio is extremely popular in the area due to the logging industry, and because of the cell service, we have a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Logging, and, FRS, GMRS, all that stuff would be good with uh, going up and down the logging roads. Roads. I guess you should I am, get on WinLink. <laughs> I am floored email. because the tower is already there. It's Why would you Maybe it's not, cost, upkeep cost. 
maybe somebody's actually going out there and stealing the copper. Oh, oh, <laughs> That's like my my explanation for whenever like infrastructure just like a stops. long term down. Yeah, it's yes. like oh, it's, somebody stole the copper. Somebody stole the copper. <laughs> Is that not a problem in other parts of the country? (laughs) (laughs) It is out here. This was, uh, for a while, the company I work for was looking at doing solar farms. Mm -hmm. And in research about solar farms and like how viable and how much you would actually get paid selling power back to the, you know, the utilities. Mm -hmm. I found out that a major expense is people going in to steal the solar panels for the materials. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So if you have it in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of like Meth Town Hemet, or like, <laughs> no offense, Hemet. <laughs> I mean, you know what you are. Yeah. Or like even in Lancaster, there's some of these areas where mm-hmm. it's just not great, right? Yeah. The large cost of a solar farm is fencing yeah (laughs) it's like you have now drawn power from solar to power electric fences to protect the solar panel what's that that's our solar farm what's that other slightly smaller solar farm oh that's for the electric fences (laughs) that's the baby farm (laughs) That's, that's just to run the first farm those are it protects the first farm yeah those are the babies of the other solar panels, <laughs> but they are doing the protecting. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> all right. Well, Wes continues. What are your opinions on the cell phone versus radio purchasing hesitancy? Josh doesn't understand this I concept. Have no idea. Because I am not Josh the right person both likes cell phones and radios. I yeah. And if Josh can justify something in his mind, the money is spent. It's already gone. It's gone. <laughs> I yeah I, I don't know I, I've I've been a cell phone guy since I don't even way back wait like Nokia days people wonder why I'm so frugal <laughs> and it is, this is I before just, I knew you I'm just the yin to your yang <laughs> I, mean. I was going down to the little mall carts that would like uh, resolder the LEDs on your phone to like the super white brights uh huh the Nokias for no reason no reason. Just so it's super bright. Super the, bright. What would be the difference in lumens? Would you say? Oh, it's insane. Like it's, <laughs> and then you get a clear case just to make it extra obnoxious. Right. I remember mm-hmm. the clear case Nokia's. Mm-hmm. They should bring those back. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I think people really like them. <laughs> yeah? We replaced your beautiful uh, screen with a postage stamp. But I do understand what you mean about certain things you will spend money on, no question. Like, money is no object in this category, yet suddenly in another category, that is... That other people view as just water. Spend it like water. Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, I don't know about... Th- I think I'm a little bit like this about clothes, but when it comes to things for the kids, like especially educational things, I'm like, money is no object. Yeah, money is you no object. You will make my child smarter. Take it. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> make them smarter. <laughs> but this shirt is $30 and that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bought you a sack. Not the kids, though. You spend money on the kids for clothes, too. Hmm? You spend a lot of money on the kids for clothes, too. No, I don't. 
You don't? Mm-mm. The kids' clothes are always on sale. Why do they have so many clothes? Oh, because they're so picky about what they wear. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's right. That's not me. That's... So, uh, so I do totally understand this. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when it comes to your money and just some not financial advice, financial advice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you look at how you're going to divvy up the money you're coming, that's coming in, Mm -hmm. right. You always have to think about what you're willing to give up for that. Right. So like if your long range goal is something like um, retiring at 50. Mm -hmm. okay, when you buy something, you literally have to ask yourself, would I rather have this or would I rather retire at 50? (laughs) That is an interesting. Yeah, that's definitely something I don't really think about. No, no, (laughs) No, you don't. No, I don't. The other thing, too, is uh, it sounds like he uses this a lot for his business. So write it off. That's true. Like, this is a write-off to you. Like, it's um, li- the only so reason you're going to use social media is for your business. The only reason, it's a write-off. Um, Josh? Yes. I am not entirely sure. And this feels very much like a Shit's Creek moment <laughs> where the, the son in the family mm-hmm. goes and spends a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And then when asked how he's going to pay for it, he's like, it's a write-off. What do you think a write-off means? Just, <laughs> I, just so you and I are clear. <laughs> I know he still spent $400 on it, but it is also kind of like a depreciable asset as well. I Because it's I, only... You are saying tax words. You can depreciate the whole phone in the same year that you buy it, by right. the way. That's not oh, the point. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Finance. No, but I want to understand mm-hmm. what you think writing something off means. Do you think that you can the take government... a percentage of that amount of money you spent and put it towards your tax liability? Okay, so you don't think that the government is paying you to no. buy things? <laughs> I just want to be sure. What? Do because... you think I think that? Sometimes. No, no. I've never said that. I've never, well, I may behave that way, but I've never said anything like I, that. I think at one point I was like, that we might have been talking about the Oculus. And then I was like, I don't think we should spend blah, blah, blah. I, I, you bought the higher end one. So I think it was like $400. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we're thinking about getting a second one, you're like, it's a write off. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's still $400 in cash. We still don't have a second Oculus, and as much as I want one, we're not getting one because that is not for my child's education. <laughs> That's it. Could be. We already have one, though. You can't use that anymore. We don't need a. The hell, I can't. <laughs> you can use it, not the kids. Oh, the kids are going to use it. They've got to learn about the human body so they can be doctors. Okay. Oh, so there is educational things on there. Yeah. Okay, well, second Oculus incoming. No, there's no need for... And if you use it for education for the kids, then it's not a write-off. Correct. (laughs) I need the second one so the first one can be a write-off. No. (laughs) Did you see? Now you get it. I'm with you, Wes, on this uh, dichotomy. And I, I would say... In your case, when you're thinking about radios as something that would be needed in an emergency, especially in an area that does not have consistent cell service, mm-hmm. that that is absolutely a necessity. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And quite frankly, it's one of those, I may not, I may want to retire by 50, but I may not live to 50 if I don't have communications in an emergency. When I get final destination from a logging truck. Right. If if my kids mm-hmm. don't achieve the dreams I have for them, I will die before I retire. <laughs> then, then they may not reach 50. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's how I justify it in my mind. See, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this too. <laughs> it's an investment in our children not not living in our home for the rest of their lives doing nothing. Mm. <laughs> so really, it, pay ba- it pays back dividends for you too, Josh. Mm-hmm. It also could be a write-off. <laughs> no, it can't. It cannot be. I'm just <laughs> you got it. You're getting there. You'll get there. No, no, because I'm the one who does the taxes. <laughs> You'll get there. You're almost there. <laughs> okay. You got a kiddie pool in the backyard with a sea dew in it. I come back next week. <laughs> it's a ride off. <laughs> oh, that's really dumb. Okay, Wes <laughs> continues. To add to this email, I would like to say that I'm hesitant on SDR radios as well. While I look forward to one day trading my way to a 705, I find the physical characteristics of older radios and solid state radios add to the feel of ham radio. Okay. I don't want to feel like I'm talking on a smartphone with a microphone to people over the radio with SDR radios. While I am very open-minded because I do not own one yet, and I do not want to yuck someone else's yum. Thank you very much, Wes. I just fear operators will lose the quote-unquote feeling of older radios that older radios have. Seeing that I have the mindset of a 60-year-old man at 21, I love the idea of the remote VR station. (laughs) It It does have real old ham radio feels yeah. that Oculus. Remember when <laughs> Remember when we used to sit around and play VR? <laughs> we used to take a hoop and run with a stick in VR. There's no game. Just run with the, the hoop. <laughs> what kind of stories did your grandparents tell you? Wait, you've never seen the kid with the hoop and the stick? In like the old Western videos or movies, you've never seen this. You don't. You don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know this reference. <laughs> I don't. I. I mean, I watched westerns, especially with it your family. It was a toy in the Wild West. It was a wooden hoop. Okay. It was maybe an inch wide, like a like a wheel, like rim. Oh, and then you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, no, a, no. I don't know what you just did with your hand. <laughs> you use it. You You're use spinning the your stick. hand in a circle. You use the stick to spin the wheel. You run next to it. You don't spin anything. You just kind of tap it as you go to turn it and stuff. Yeah, you spin the wheel. You're not with spinning the stick. anything. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing with your hand. Again, I don't. You are like the pedal. No, you just take the the hoop and throw it in front of you to get it rolling, okay. and then you run with it and, I have and tap seen it that along. Toy. I, have... I have seen that toy. Okay. You. You're really upset at my my hooping technique. You're just violently spinning your arm, and it's like I'm violently. This is so gently spinning my arm. In a thing where there is no spinning that I've ever seen captured on video. We just had a different technique, okay? That was how they did it in China. (laughs) 
Exactly. Great. All right. We also had a hoop and stick, <laughs> but we would spin ours around violently. I was yeah. a, that's as a Chinese person. <laughs> You should not try to do a Chinese accent. I am though. not going you to. Stick to I the stick accent to this one. You're doing, and we're just gonna move right along. Wes says, "If only I could convince my girlfriend to understand that her Oculus can be used for something other than Beat Saber." Wes, you're not gonna pry that Oculus Beat out Saber of your. Beat Saber is a lot of fun. Out of they need more songs hands. though. They really need to get on the song game. Oh yeah, it it does not. There feel is like only a so much. Lady Gaga, Speak for BTS, <laughs> Billie Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> what is the other one? What's the Imagine Dragons? <laughs> right. Oh, and uh, what uh, Maroon Five? Uh, that's there. an Interscope record one, though. That's like a care. bunch it's, of different artists. I know, but it's the song you play. Yeah, and but the nice thing is that when you're like doing the Lady Gaga song, mm-hmm. you've got to dance your like your Lady Gaga like with her type of movements, and then when you're doing the Billie Eilish songs, you've got to do it I like just, your Billie Eilish. That's the Elaine yeah. you're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even. My feet aren't even up. I saw your arms. You're doing the Elaine with the like <laughs> turning back and forth with the windmill arm the, the, thing. The big thing about the Elaine is the kicking. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's that random yeah. kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. Yeah. That's and like the thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> she was already playing with the Oculus. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, go play Beat Saber. <laughs> Forget this virtual desktop. <laughs> oh, it's so good though. The virtual reality is sweet. Wes continues, but I look forward to obtaining a nice SDR radio to make up my mind. I like the compact style of SDRs, so I believe they definitely have their place. Josh, do you know this feeling and the experience I'm talking about losing with SDRs as opposed to solid state radios that are a little older? Not really. (laughs) You're like new technology all the time. (laughs) It, it, It feels like one of those like... We we like to do things harder. And that's fine. If you enjoy that, that's fine. I just am very much not that person. So this is actually something that Josh and I have very much in common. Mm-hmm. And it is the, I don't want to put in any kind of work if I don't have to, and it adds no value. Like there is no purpose to works for work's sake. Mm-hmm. The outcome matters very much, and the fastest and best way you can get to the outcome is uh, the one we will choose. Right. So if technology can get us there faster. We're, we're going technology yes. yeah. every time. <laughs> so the thing to remember, okay, so a couple things. SDRs just perform better. They receive better. They, they, they sound, I mean, arguably you could say the older radios sound better, particularly on AM. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with anybody if that's what you like. They just perform better. They hear noises, sounds deeper into the noise than old radios do. And yes, there are outliers in the old radio space that perform very well. Not taking anything away from them. But if you go back farther enough, you get to a point where radios didn't hold their frequency as they warmed up. And you had to constantly adjust them. Why am I saying, yeah, that's right, like I know. You were were there. You were with my hoop in the stick. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I was I was there watching it. Oh no, that's not uh, holding frequency it's frequency drift. Oof. Oof. That's tough. You really got to get one of those SDRs. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. They talk about it on my VR headset. <laughs> well, I'm right in the passenger seat of my Model T. <laughs> We're really conflating a lot of time times here. Oh, a lot. <laughs> we jumped around a lot there. It's it's just a different world too because you know you you guys know I like to do digital modes a lot and what kind of difficulty the reality of doing digital modes is with older radios. That's like a real thing. You need like keying interfaces and uh, different ways to make cat control work. In some cases, it, it doesn't work. Cat control just doesn't work, and you have to tune the, the frequencies by hand. Again, that's fine if that's what you're into. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not telling you to abandon your radios, but if you ask me, like, what do I want? I want a Swiss Army radio. I want a 705 that does everything when I'm portable, and then I want a 7610 in the shack because it does everything I want to do when I start an application or I click a button on the radio. Very simple. Yeah. All right. Well, Wes signs off. Thanks. But you do you. <laughs> Wes, I'm not taking anything away from you. If you, you enjoy your ham radio, as the DX commander says. You know what? I do have certain things that I like the feel of. Right. You like that old-timey ICOM ID-52 that we yeah. around? <laughs> I'm not talking about in radio, oh, okay. but in other things. Oh, they're, no, yeah, yeah, there's super old-timey things that I like. I like old cars. I yeah. think older cars for me are easier to work on. I can't really work on new cars. And I think for when we're talking about ham radios, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have that. I really like the ID-52 because it's, <laughs> so, it's so easy to use and I don't really have to figure out much, you know? Right. But... If part of the joy that you have in ham radio is like this feeling of either nostalgia or being connected to the past or taking an old art and making it work today, Mm -hmm. then absolutely an older radio, an SDR is not going to give you that feeling. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look at Mr. Carlson's lab, that YouTube channel. He's got more subscribers than any of the YouTube ham radio guys, and all he does is rebuild old radios. Yeah. Like old old school capacitors and tube-based uh, radios. Beautiful stuff. It's a great hobby. There's a lot of people enjoy it. It's just not really my thing, but I'll watch the heck out of his videos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well signs off. Thanks for the advice. I always like asking questions to get y'all's opinion out there because your audience appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. signed, typed from my penny-farthing bicycle? No. <laughs> it's actually signed off, Da Wes. Mm. <laughs> like D-A-H-H-H-H. <laughs> and I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to start doing Da. That's, that's in like, but that's in, not, like in Da House. <laughs> that's It's D-E. I know. So that's Da, Dit, Dit, Dit. All right. Seems fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you, Wes. And uh, when you start getting like underscore period period space period, then then you know you've made it. That's so wow. Mm. Okay. Um, so if anybody doesn't remember, Wes is the one who was working on Fang Slinger. Yes. Uh, belts. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, some people have already asked him about these. These Fang Slayer belts, which is excellent. If you are looking for a way to carry your Fang wherever you wear a belt, Mm -hmm. Wes is your guy. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, so Wes, I don't know if if I'm supposed to contact you or you sent me something and I missed oh, it. Oh, he actually emailed me um, in this that okay. I didn't read okay. out loud. Okay. And I will. Okay. Because we may be on a short fuse here, but I'm supposed to go to something at Hamcation. Oh. Where I'm supposed to be casual dressy. Yes. And Nothing so I think says casual dressy. Like a bespoke. Yes. Holster for your radio. I, I can't even imagine how many people will be so like dumbfounded by your belt and want one. Uh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I just amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. Well, I have to go thank get like a what? Wild West outfit. God, I so wish that I had gotten Dennis's uh, Cy Tolliver costume. Yeah. Yeah. I so mad that I didn't. I mean, it was really expensive. I wouldn't have paid for that. No. But man. So everybody, I, I, don't, I don't think I've talked on the podcast. My, uh, my stepdad is really into Wild West and he buys like old slot machines, like period, like old ca- uh, casino Las Vegas time frame. Like, yeah, they had a slot machine room in their house for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was your old bedroom. Like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> they yeah. Con- they converted it yeah. to a slot machine room and they would go in there. It's their own money they're winning. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, Frank Sinatra era. Right. And then like all this old West stuff. Anyway, he had he bought Cy Tolliver's costume from Deadwood. Yes. And it fit me like a glove. It did. It is actually still actually to this day it. still like my icon on one of my email addresses. <laughs> so he bought it with the intention of wearing it as his dressy suit. To a, a cruise, cruise dress night. <laughs> Which is totally like the best way to do yes, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that was so awesome. I mean, we could commission a Cy Tolliver suit if you'd like. It would cost as much as the original. In- instead of a prop off the, <laughs> off the movie. I'd rather just have the prop. Because that actor passed away. Yeah, I'm sure that's also when your stepdad sold the suit. <laughs> I wonder if those correlate. The guy died. Price of the suit skyrockets. Ka-ching. Just like a slot machine. <laughs> That's, That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, the next email is titled, For Your Fire Department. And this is from Rick. Leia, big <laughs> fan of your podcast. Yes. It's just fun. Well, uh, thank you so much, Rick. <laughs> thank you, Rick. A while back, you asked what you could do for your fire department. Cookies, cake, etc. is nice, but being a firefighter since 1966 when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And the kids with the hoops in the stick. I have some ideas. First thing you can do is when you see the big red truck has its lights and sirens (laughs) on going down the road, pull over to the right, if possible, stop Turn on your four-way flashers. I know on an expressway, sometimes pulling over to the left breakdown lane makes more sense, but the right is preferred if possible. This applies to vehicles in both directions. Things not to do. Slam on your brakes and stop in the middle of the road. I hate that. Erratically swing from lane to lane or try to outrace us. Nice. Who, Who does these things? A fire engine, engines that have a hose and water, trucks have long ladders, hook 
and ladders mean that you're really old, usually has a minimum of 500 gallons of water. Water weighs 8.5 pounds per gallon. Therefore, 500 gallons weighs 4,250 pounds. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the fire engine has 4,250 pounds of water pushing it when we try to stop. Two plus tons of water doesn't stop quickly. Mm-hmm. You pull out in front of us, you lose, we lose, and the people at the emergency are going to lose. I speak from experience. I have seen people do all these things on a regular basis. I bet. That's a great PSA. I already pull over to the side of the road. I do too. I did not know I was supposed to turn on my flashers, though, so you have taught me something today. I will also turn on my flashers going forward. I do it occasionally, and really just to notify the other drivers. Yeah. If people aren't pulling over, then I'll I'll do it as I start moving over. You you do the swervies through the lane. Oh yeah, no, I run I run interference. Stop. I help out the firefighters. Yeah. I, I go slightly <laughs> faster than them yes. and honk at everybody. Yeah. And just be waving my arms. <laughs> start firing flares off. I don't that think that actually I found out creates more fires. Yeah. They were <laughs> unhappy with that. I do not think that Rick likes this idea. Okay. Okay. Well, shoot. <laughs> just pull over. And turn on your blinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second, this is <clears throat> the second thing you should do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. For the firefighters mm-hmm. that are, are giving these wonderful tours of their fire station while also not at the same time, but, you know, waiting to <laughs> put out fires to save lives and property. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the second thing they want. Okay. They want you to have uh, smoke detectors. This is very important. Okay. We go on a structure fire. When we go on a structure fire, one thing we look for in the cleanup is smoke detectors. If you don't have smoke detectors, we note it on the fire report. Imagine your insurance company will get cranky if they see you didn't have a smoke detector. And also, and I shouldn't have to say this, but have working batteries in the smoke detector. Too often we open the detector and there are no batteries in it. We also note that in our report. I've heard people say that they took the batteries out so they could- Because it wouldn't stop chirping. (laughs) So they could put them in their Xbox or TV remote. If you have working smoke detectors, they can save your life and you will call us when they go off while it's a small fire. That should be like a Darwin Award or something. Don't forget the garage, basement, and ham shack. Same goes for carbon dioxide detectors. I just installed a fire detector, smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector right above my ham shack. Did you? Because you let out the smoke so often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to remember the moment by something screeching at me. Yes. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Well, Rick says those two things would make our job so much easier and more rewarding. Mm. I hate to tell you this, Rick. What we ended up doing was giving the firefighters a hundred and twenty dollar Netflix gift card, and then everybody said that they wouldn't stop anymore for fire trucks, and they were pulling down all their fire detectors. (laughs) That was, and then we yelled at them, "You already got our Netflix card. (laughs) That's our permit. We're gonna follow you for free traffic abatement." I bet there's a lot of people that do that too. Like just follow the the. Fire truck, I'm sure that happens all the time. Like I'm, ambulance chasers? I, 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 I'm I, still set on my belief that 
the thing to do for your local firehouse if you go tour there or something like that mm -hmm. is give them a gift card to the local grocery station or grocery station. The grocery That's station. Right. You just yes. drive right in there. <laughs> uh, grocery store. That I think I, I like Netflix. I know they use Netflix, but I think that is the the ticket. No, I don't think so. Okay. I think if I'm a firefighter, I don't actually want to have to cook my food. So I think so. I buy would... the garbage. What? Buy the snack food then. On me. Here's a gift card. Go nuts. No, I think like Buy a local restaurant that delivers good food. You make things so complicated sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you think everybody thinks the way you do. Just we give them a gift card to a grocery <laughs> store or Walmart. Let them buy something. Electronics they need. Okay. Fair. Or tar how about Target? Okay. Now you're on board. Yeah, oh, okay. on board. I just had to, Target I just has had to, everything that you need. Right. Everything a firefighter needs yes. is at Target. Yeah. Those those nice little throw pillows mm -hmm. to make the firehouse like warm and cozy. Right, 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 right. And a nice uh, blanket, right? Because mm -hmm. it gets like a really throw, cold. A little throw yeah, blanket. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, some some nice Joanna Gaines cookbooks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's some of those. Uh, what do they call those little oil diffusers with the scent mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. sandalwood? Is a good yeah, one for really a firehouse. Rela <sighs> really yeah. relaxing. Yeah, some candles. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's a fire. You know, because they, they're firefighters. They can just put it out. They should, whenever yeah, they want. Exactly. <laughs> We're obviously joking, Rick. Thank you so much for the fantastic advice on the best things we can do to make life easier for our firefighters. And we genuinely <laughs> we appreciate your service to the community. It's uh, it's really local heroes that are willing to risk their lives to save their neighbors that keep us safe. Mm -hmm. That's know? kind of a move, though, if you're like you're an emergency vehicle mm. and somebody's not getting out of the way. Mm -hmm. Take Balfang, mm -hmm. hold down that emergency button that uh -huh. just like plays the siren incessantly and it's super loud. Okay. You just huck it at the car. <laughs> <laughs> like a Balfang sound bomb? Yeah. Okay. But then they okay. think that the car thinks that a like a firefighter legit threw their firefighter radio at the car because they were so mad. <laughs> it was just a bad thing. <laughs> they don't have any comms on that truck anymore. <laughs> That's how mad they were. I really messed up. <laughs> that sends a message right there. Oh, man. Okay, well, Rick continues on to ham stuff. I was in a beginner to CW class on Long Island CW Club. And who is in the Zoom oh, window next to me? Oh, yeah. Josh Nass. <laughs> so for all of you wondering if Josh is serious about CW, I can say a definite yes. I can't sing the praises of the Long Island CW Club and their classes enough. I've been taking classes through them for approximately three months, and I'm fairly proficient at seven to 10 words per minute and increasing weekly. I passed my general 13 words per minute license oh. in the 1980s. Okay. See dinosaurs and never used it again. Now, thanks to the Long Island CW Club, I'm learning CW the proper way and hope to be on the air soon. So I know the alphabet. My okay. problem is copy. It's always okay. been copy. It will always be my issue that I have to deal with. But yeah. I figured I'll start. I'll go with the beginner two class, work through that for a little while. Mm -hmm. And maybe move to intermediate. I haven't decided yet. But every class is fun. Every one of them is fun. Even if you're somebody that's further along, the beginner classes are still good because you can always brush up. It's good to practice. Awesome. 
I am the proud father of two little Hamlets, Brendan, uh, a code tech, and Ryan, who corresponds with you frequently. Right on. When Ryan got his extra, I'm only advanced, he wrote to the FCC and got the same call sign as me with a different numeric. Oh. Pretty cool, huh? That is cool. That's awesome. Thank you. I, um, Rick, I know you included your kids' call signs in there. I'm just going to leave them out in the spirit of privacy. I mean, he said he's a bit older, so I'm assuming maybe the kids are a bit older. But he said Hamlet? Yeah, Hamlets. Your kids are always young to you, though, right? You always look at them. It's true. They're like little kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Rick signs off. Well, enough of my rambling. Remember the two things you can do for your fire department. Huck Balfang. Seven... 73. Yeet. Rick. I'm sorry. In the in today's parlance, we say yeet Balfangs. KF9 IV. <laughs> That's right. Could you, could you leave the firefighters alone? Haven't you? I am helping. Enough grief. <laughs> All right. That, that's fantastic advice. The next email is titled PayPal and the used radio market. And this is um, a follow up from Wes. OK, OK. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention in my previous email was that on January 3rd, the government imposed a new tax on person to person money transfer market. If you are active in the used to ham radio market, you may use PayPal to send and receive money. Mm-hmm. There was a new law passed saying that transactions will be taxed at the end of the year. The app you are using, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, etc., will send you a form to send to the IRS. This is to close the tax gap caused by such apps. <sighs> The jury is still out on whether this is for friend and personal transactions or business-related transactions. Any amount that receives any account that receives more than six hundred USD will be taxed. Mm. This is the price of a moderate HF rig, so use caution, my friends. Do your research, please, and check before you get taxed for person-to-person transactions. For my used gear, I will be trading via Fangs. One Bao Fang mm-hmm. is equal to thirty dollars USD. That's right. Who needs Bitcoin when you have fangs? Once again, the government it's a stable kills coin. Our fun. <laughs> the stable coin's a real thing, by the way. We we should launch a coin, and it's just the fang, the fang coin. It's just the fang coin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's stable at thirty dollars. Yes, it's, it's thirty dollars. You can only buy and sell it for thirty dollars. Do, do you know what the concept of a stable coin is? No. The reason why they can be stable is that the uh, hash when it gets spent is deleted, so it. So when you say I'm the I'm the Fang currency holder, yes. you send me thirty dollars, mm-hmm. the price of one Fang. I yeah. send you a Fang, and it's a hash number of some kind. Mm-hmm. If you use that Fang currency in something, usually to just give back to me to get the thirty dollars out, that hash is destroyed. So there can only be so many Fang in circulation. Oh. It's kind of like this upside down F Fed approach to okay. creating a stable currency. Oh, interesting. It's supposed to stabilize the market, but it turns out that a lot of the stable coins that existed, they just lied and never deleted the hashes. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty bad. Unscrupulous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to... as it turns out, there's no regulation in Bitcoin. I would like to understand one thing, though. Mm -hmm. What if... In the future, once you've established the Fang coin at the... Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't hang on to the money. They were supposed to hang on to the $30, but in this case, it was like $1. It's called like Titan coin or something like that. And they couldn't account for most of the money. Because they spent it. Because they probably invested in another coin. Sure. Because it's like a bank, right? It turns into a 
it's like a low interest. It's like a bond, right? Right. So if in the future, though, Baofeng's either become more expensive or cheaper. Mm-hmm. No, then... I, I view it as hard currency. It, it okay. fluctuates like silver and gold. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably more like copper because you don't have to like mine a fang. So if someone wants to cash out a mm-hmm. fang coin, mm-hmm. do you then just send them a bow fang? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not good. We're not doing this. You coin. understand. You get it. But then we have to be like the treasury. And if we get a fang that's damaged uh-huh. beyond repair. Right. We have to take that fang out of cur- uh, cur- like circulation right. and replace it with another tender appropriate legal tender appropriate fang i see i see so it always be a usable fang i think so i think that would have to be part of it and and i think i think (laughs) you have to have the stock antenna too ah i think that's part of it okay so if you upgrade to like so usable becomes curious depending on who you ask sure (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) Well, Wes signs this one off. The only thing certain in life is death and taxes. Ben Franklin. Da Wes. <laughs> That's, he did that to himself. Da did it did. Wes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Wes. Um, so I I know about this tax and I'm hoping everybody else does too, because people have been talking about it for over a year now. But the caveat was always supposed to be that, like, friend-to-friend tr- transfers. It's non-secure. It's non-warrantied. It's not a protected transfer. But also that it can't be added to the $600. Because, for instance, the piano lessons that we do over here, mm-hmm. where I pay for the teacher, mm-hmm. and then the other two families pay me back for their students. Mm-hmm. I'm not making anything on that. We're just splitting the cost of the piano. Right, teacher. right, right. We just, we just moved legal tender around. Right. Right. And that piano teacher is already going to be taxed on that money. I don't also want to be taxed for being reimbursed for something I already spent. Right. I want to remind everybody the if you are buying a radio for somebody from somebody that you don't know, don't do gifts. Don't do that. That's true. Don't ever do that because they're not going right. to they're not going to qual- it, it will not something- qualify as something that um, if you get screwed that you can go back to PayPal and said, no, I bought this. And they're like, well, it says it was a gift. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Right. I mean, even on the HRCC swap or For no the, one. the HRCC BST on Facebook. If you are exchanging your PayPal money or Venmo money for goods and or services, don't do anything that's a gift. Yeah. Even if it means even if it means that the seller says you gotta pay for my fee, fine. Send the two dollars. Sure. It's, it's covering you when you have to make a claim. I mean we learned this in the world of baby wearing. No, no matter how trustworthy that other mom seems, she could just send you a towel. No, how many babies she's wearing when she took that <laughs> picture of the baby carrier. I think the most babies I've ever seen being worn at once is three. Could I be wearing any more babies? <laughs> this isn't even mine. <laughs> they weren't. Because you need kind of smaller babies to wear multiples at a time. You can't have like multiple aged babies that are like. I need them portable babies from yeah. my Instagram post that I. <laughs> so I put on a Craigslist ad. <laughs> I need your small babies. This is something that baby wearing companies did. I am 
Sure they did. <laughs> Not Craigslist ads, but they would put, they would go into baby wearing Facebook groups yeah. and go. I'm, I need I'm, your small babies. Yeah. I, I need you and your babies. Send them to me. Flat rate box. No. <laughs> Poke holes. That's actually how babies used to be sent in like through the postal service. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen pictures of mailmen carrying babies from the early days of the postal service. And what scares me is that there was probably people back then that believed it. What? Is that not true? What are you talking about? The picture of the man carrying the baby? The the postal service? I'm going to look it up. Like they actually they, shipped they a baby? They really ship babies by USPS. <laughs> I mean, how many are we talking? If it was like one because of a very extreme situation, I could believe there that. There are seven instances okay. of people mailing children between 1913 and 1915. Beginning with a baby in Ohio. So there you go. Thanks, Ohio. <laughs> I want to know what happened with the last baby. Where they were just like, we can't do this. We did it for two years. But this service is done. <laughs> I I bet it's catastrophic. I don't want to hear about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I cannot take stories of kids getting hurt. That's, I have so many jokes in my head. I don't want to say don't any do of them. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know one you know of them really is going to be the mail sorting machine. You know, it's really fun uh, when the postal train would come by the, the station and they weren't stopping at that station because there was nobody to pick up. There was this big hook that they would put at the end of the station and they had a bag that they put the letters in for that stop. Okay. And the train would run by and it would grab, the hook would grab the bag no no and no. then the bag would stay in the station and the train just kept going at full speed never had to slow down no so maybe last baby no oh. <laughs> why do you have to be like this it's not the fall that gets you it's the sudden stop oh no Okay, the next email is titled <laughs> Radio Club Aids North El Dorado County Residents When All Else Fails. I'm sorry. I, oh, God, I have to. You remember that Rite Aid picture? That. It, I don't want to talk about kids getting hurt I, anymore. I'm sorry, you said the word AIDS. Do you, like, <laughs> there was a Rite Aid picture that had, um, it had a sign that just said, Stop Smoking AIDS. <laughs> but I took it as Stop Smoking AIDS. <laughs> I didn't even know you could smoke AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That just that picture always cracks me up. Okay. It's like good old Kark. <laughs> Kark. <laughs> All right. Well, this email comes from Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Dear Leia and your now redundant cohabitating. Oh my god, holder. I'm redundant? Oh, can you take this? Can you? I'm so tired. I can answer ham radio questions. I mean, I'll be back next it week, but could you take it from here? It won't be right. I, I got some notes on the topic. You just run with it. I've got four bullet points. Yeah. I'll just read them and it'll be done. It's fine. Great. It's create your own podcast week. <laughs> you just imagine what Josh was meant when he made these terrible notes. They're notes for me. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> Jeremy says, long time listener, first time emailer. Lots of first time I, emailers. It's this been a I'm big excited. thing since the yeah. beginning of the year. New year, new hams. Yeah. All the new resolutions to get ham radio uh, active. Thank you for writing in, Jeremy. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. <laughs> you have not checked in. It's <laughs> the quiet storm. Please. That's my spooky voice. That was a spooky yeah. voice? <laughs> what? Going as Elvira? And yeah. Spooky? What's going what? on? That wasn't spooky? No, it was like sultry. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Please>. Welcome. <laughs> this is my spooky voice. <laughs> Boo. <Yeah. laughs> that is smarmy. That is... That's not sultry nor spooky. I'm not going to do a sultry <laughs> voice. That was as far as I would go down that hole. So smarmy. Okay. Please find the following message that one of our club members sent out to the local press after our recent Aries activation. This is a press release from January 11th in Georgetown, California. Okay. As the most recent series of storms demonstrated, our Northern California power and communications infrastructure is highly vulnerable to extended outages. Many El Dorado County residents not only lost power during these storms, but also vital phone and internet services failed and people could not reach 911. Many more were cut off or trapped at home by the heavy snowfall and it did not and did not know how or where to obtain vital help or supplies. Even in the 24-7 emergency telephone outside the Volcanoville Fire Station east of Georgetown went dead due to hundreds of downed power and telephone lines, this highlights a most serious public safety issue. Since 2019, the El Dorado County Amateur Radio Club has implemented several highly successful neighborhood radio watch programs in many El Dorado County communities. The Neighborhood Radio Watch, or NRW, program was developed in response to the growing concerns of wildfires destroying our vital communication systems and placing lives at risk. Led by a team of local amateur, a.k.a. ham radio operators, the R, uh, the NRW program enables our residents to use powerful non-ham emergency radios in the event of wildfires, storms, or power shutoffs that disable cell phone and internet services. Mm-hmm. Many elder Colorado County residents now keep these low-cost radios ready at home uh-huh. and in their cars so that they can reach their family, friends, and first responders when all else fails. Mm-hmm. Our local amateur radio and NRW users became especially active during the Calder fire and most recently during storms which blacked out many parts of El Dorado County, including communities of Camino, Pollock Pines, and throughout the North El Dorado County area known as the Georgetown Divide. To help restore emergency communications in the Georgetown area, 12 El Dorado County Amateur Radio Club and NRW volunteers provided over 112 hours of on-site radio support at the Georgetown IOOF building and two fire stations in the community of Quintet and Volcanoville east of Georgetown off Wentworth Springs Road. 
During extended power outage and road closures, these locations became important distribution points for donated firewood, propane, food, Uh water, clothing, blankets, and other vital winter supplies. And more radios. The most frequent request for assistance was to get the power back on. Next most requests frequent requests were for propane delivery. Next Mm -hmm, were requests for welfare checks on stranded friends and neighbors. The fourth most frequent request was for food or firewood. Among other tasks, Volcanoville Station volunteers helped an elderly man who was only using his long, oh, his range top for heat. Volunteers also brought supplies to an elderly woman who was ill and then plowed her driveway so, if needed, an ambulance could reach her home. One woman received donations, including frozen chicken, and then returned shortly after with bowls of hot chicken soup for the volunteers. At one point, volunteers at the Quintet station went door to door with emergency kits of food, water, fireplace logs, and supplies looking for folks who were stuck at home and might need help. One major problem was that without cell or internet service, many folks didn't know about the support services available at these locations. This, plus the ever-increasing frequency and danger from wildfire and severe storms, only underscores the critical need for more resilient alternative communication systems like radio when disaster strikes. With that in mind, the El Dorado Dorado County Amateur Radio Club is planning to extend its neighborhood radio watch coverage this year to better serve our North El Dorado County residents. Uh, There are some photos provided, uh, which if uh, I'm going to have to wait until I hear back from Jeremy to see if it's okay to share those in the HRCC Discord channel. Uh, But if it is, then I will post them there. Uh, there is a list of volunteers. I was asked not to yeah. include the call signs as they didn't know that the press release would be shared with us. Right. Uh, but I will go ahead and say their first names because I think they definitely need to be uh, recognized. Uh, there's JR from Pollock Pines, Jeff from Pollock Pines, Jeremy from Placerville, Matt from Placerville, Justin from Pollock Pines, Gary from Camino, Roger from El Dorado Hills, Mike from Pollock Pines, Lynn from Placerville, Shannon from Placerville, Irene from Placerville, Jay from El Dorado Hills, and Jeremiah from Georgetown. Also, special recognition for Bob and Frank, who provided technical support, repairs, and generators to get the radios up and running. Wonderful. That's that a great is, story, Jeremy. That Thank is you. literally, I mean, that, that is kind of what we talked about, right? Did I read it enough like a news anchor, though? You know, I tried really hard to deliver it like the news. That's <laughs> Actually, it, it sounded a little bit like uh, Amateur Radio Newsline. That's kind of how it came across. Like that tone, that's kind of their, uh, their the way they sound. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. nice. It was an NPR, mm, mm. but I, I don't think that's a... The government I don't doesn't like give me any money to do this anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the NPR voice, but I think that was a really good... <laughs> I'll just I'll submit you to Dawn. Wow, or, uh, Amateur Radio Newsline. I'm. I'm I think honored. they're always looking for people that that will will talk over a segment. I'm very honored. So thank you again, Jeremy, so much for sharing this amazing press release. I yeah. You know, I ask all the time, you know, about um, hams deploying in an emergency, and man, this radio club. It's this inspiring. was just a community set up thing. 
They had a spot that people could come. <coughs> Whoa, excuse me. <coughs> the people could come for things they need or call for help, and then they went out there and actually help you. That's just but they actually, exactly how it works. And they organize people with radios, with correct. non-ham radios. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I talked about this in I've the never emergency heard this video. Su- I've never heard this suggestion before. It's fantastic, what Jeremy. What are you? It's, I am so inspired. I can't believe no one has ever mentioned it in the entire time we've been doing the podcast and Josh has been doing his YouTube channel that somebody came up with such a fantastic idea to give neighborhoods non-ham radios so they wouldn't have to be licensed to use them. The best part about this so, is you were in that video. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part about Never this. been done before. Yeah. <laughs> it is fantastic though. I am really inspired and uh I'm actually going to send a message to our neighbors tomorrow, not tomorrow, like once, once everything's died down about everybody being upset with the schools, I think. <laughs> Why don't we get on these radios and talk about how much we're upset at the schools? <laughs> they can't track us that way. It won't be a paper, an e-paper trail. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy signs off. Love the podcast. Oh, wait. There's more. Keep up the good work. P.S. The best Avenger is Emma Peel, followed by Captain America's yeah, well, personal they're... armorer, John Moses Browning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, We're talking about MCU. I don't remember Emma Peel in MCU. Is this? Oh, oh, well played. Well played. There was a TV show on the BBC. It was <sighs> called The Avengers. And there was a dapper-ish guy and a woman, and her name is Emma Peel. I've already played explained by Uma that Thurman in the remake movie that came out in like the late '90s, early 2000s. I've already explained that the BBC is dead to me. <laughs> you don't understand. And I guarantee you, whatever that fantastic TV show was, went on hiatus. <laughs> and she passed away at 82 in uh, September 13th, 2020. The actress oh. who played her on the TV show. So sad. Really, thanks for bringing that in. And just 1998 was the film. So I was right. All right. <laughs> and uh, I just Jer- guessed. Jeremy signs off with 73 and 88 Jeremy W6TKD. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. I, I love that. If anybody has more things like that, that is, I'm always so happy to share those on the podcast. I, I kind of like that it was its own thing. That's still my favorite part about this is that it it wasn't tied to the government. It wasn't tied to first responders. They got enough going on. This was neighborhoods helping out neighbors. Yeah. That's that's it. That's it right there. That's the point. Fantastical. Fantastic. All right. The next email is titled Georgia. Throw a bow thing at your neighbors tomorrow, everybody. Well or while a, a fire pack. truck is going right. by when they're like not appropriately pulling over. Throw the throw it in a nice way. But they use it. <laughs> throw the charger. Maybe throw them the whole box. But then save the aggressive fangs with the with the right, emergency auto, right. auto fully semi automatic alarm <laughs> at your uh, aggressor drivers as you run point for the fire trucks. Yes. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> if I don't need to say that, don't do this. Uh, this next email reads Georgia on my mind and this is from volunteer podcast co-producer Rob home of Archer yeah Archer there's a lot of like Georgia 
like animation studios and video production. Yeah, Georgia is booming with that. They're like the new Hollywood mm-hmm. because they've made it so. Isn't that the Childish Gambino is in Georgia too? Isn't it? That... He's in Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atlanta. Apparently, Georgian peaches don't call themselves. Uh, they don't consider Atlantans. Uh, Georgians or peaches or whatever. What are you talking about? There's a whole thing. About? There's a whole thing about. Are you talking about peaches grown in Atlanta? No, apparently people from Georgia refer to themselves as peaches or they refer to other people who live in Georgia that don't live in Atlanta, peaches. Okay. Yeah. But if you're so, from Atlanta, you're like. You know what? People from Georgia, you tell me, what do you call yourself? No, we know everything about Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> we know it all. Just, just like we do with every I weird colloquial videos. thing that we get messages on, we just, we just roll with it. Like we yeah. know. <laughs> we, I've watched a few videos. We know every cultural reference of every place <laughs> ever. We know how to say every word in every foreign language. <laughs> Never mess it up. <laughs> Never ever do it. You're wrong. Yeah. We just know it from the original dialect. What was the original thing you effed up because someone told you the wrong way to say it? <laughs> I, that has happened so many times. Oh, oh, oh it's, Hun- it's uh, Hunsville. Hunsville. Huntsville. Thank you. Hunsville. <laughs> the H if is it's, it's in Spanish. Too. Yeah, it's, it's Hunsville. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Just want everybody to understand. Yeah. You've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> I didn't want to correct you because I'm over here in California. But now that I got this podcast... Now you have to listen. Californians are the worst too. Just how do we like? Worst. You know, you got like white splaining. Yeah. Is there California splaining? What's that? I was having a conversation with somebody. Can we call it quick splaining? Talking about their uh, their trip to Ibiza, and I was like, "Oh, Ibiza." Right? You you did it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. And then she goes, "Yeah, Ibiza." Nice. And then we just kept referring it to. Oh, that's that's the California di- double down. Di- Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how just, did you like it at Ibiza? <laughs> and I didn't even feel bad because she was just like talking about going to Ibiza. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that big thing. Oh, you've been? Yeah. So great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the course of our entire conversation was a whole lot of talking about the places she has traveled to. So. Well, she is from California. That is another thing that they do in <laughs> California, which is like so infuriating. I, 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 I like to, I, I have no problem traveling. It's true. But it's generally for work yeah. or to need to do something very specific. <laughs> no, and traveling in the is continental great. U.S. No, traveling <laughs> that is, where is I go. great. But like where if in the first 10 minutes of meeting someone, I know at least five different locations they have traveled oh, to. Oh, they are basic. Th- then it's just like, we are we having a travel off? Because I've been to Minnesota. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's the topic, like if if the topic leads that way because of mm-hmm. other topicy things that are going on, but if that's how they start out the conversation, yes. to talk about where they went, it's like you don't have a lot going on, do you? Well, they have a lot going on. It's travel, and that's fine if that's your passion. Which is, but it, it's when point it me to your travel vlog. <laughs> Let me really judge how good uh, you are. When things become like this one upping situation of competitiveness, I hate that because like when I meet a friend or somebody who could potentially be a friend, Mm -hmm. I don't want to compete. I never want to do the one ups thing with people. I hate it. It, it I just want to enjoy the people that I'm with. There, there are good friends that I have that we don't do that. 
and that's why they're good friends. Because Absolutely. it's like, uh, when you get in a one-upsmanship thing with friends, it is the most maddening thing. Oh, it's terrible. You know what the best thing to do, though, is like when you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, my life is travel, like everything's right. And you're like, you know, you know, that's awesome. You know what's really cool? We're standing in the house I own. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so is your first question when somebody you meet starts talking about all the places you, you, they've traveled, do you go, are you renting? Is that, mm-hmm. is that where you go? Yeah, that's where you go. It's like, so where are you renting exactly right now? Yeah. <laughs> So like That's... when you're not traveling, like where's your tiny home or the place you rent? Oh, I love tiny homes. <laughs> or like, uh, they're so your... space efficient, mm-hmm. and like you can. How's your, your how's your how's your Sprinter van you live in? Oh, I love Sprinter conversions. <laughs> it's so convenient. I you am... can literally reach over to your sink from your bed. I am being salty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just channeling that energy right now. It's booster energy. Is what I'm channeling. <laughs> I've got my second wind. I don't know that you're supposed to drink when you have your booster. Actually, oh, it's an antibiotic too. <laughs> They always told you that. They're like, antibiotics don't work when you drink. It's like, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> the booze will actually help the sanitization of my insides. <laughs> and, and and a thousand, well, a couple hundred maybe. Not even that. There can't be that many. But uh, all the RNs listening right now start feverishly typing. <laughs> Anyways, my point about this woman is just like when people do things like that, I just want to I just want to be like you. um, Yeah. Have you ever been to Minneapolis, though? Because Abitha sounds a lot like Minneapolis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Minneapolis has got that. (laughs) Did you go to the back patio where it's just tailgating 24 (laughs) seven? There's a dude there. I they pay him. He just dances to Gangnam Style. You know, like Saint Paul time. is very close to it. So you like it's like two metropolitan cities mm-hmm. that are very close together, mm-hmm. and the energy is amazing. They have a <laughs> they have a small uh, man made creek that runs right through the middle of it, and then when you go on the other side, that's like Saint Paul. That they only serve the Juicy Lucy there. <laughs> have you had a Juicy Lucy? It's very exotic. It's very exotic yes. American American cuisine. <laughs> Michelin stars. Michelin stars. Is it? Is it Pinky Up Michelin star? Was that was that the thing about the Juicy Lucy? It has a Michelin star. No, I don't think it has. Because we went to like the place where it was invented, right? If it doesn't have one, it should have one. The Juicy Lucy is fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. (laughs) And there's actually something different about the Juicy Lucy in Minnesota because there are places out here that actually try to do like yeah. On the Minnesota side, it also has spite (laughs) as an ingredient. On the Minnes- on the Minnesota side, it literally says Wait, on we- every menu item that we're it's saying Minneapolis. Nos- we should be saying Minneapolis. Oh, the I would- whole side is, oh, Min- is is Minnesota. No, I was going to take it against Wisconsin. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> oh, I, no, but but the, so the state is Minnesota. Yes, and I was Minneapolis gonna- is the city, the twin city, right? The other twin. So, which is like, what's really ironic about this is that the places that do serve Juicy Lucy's are generally bars that are, you know, like different sports teams have their bars here for Mm -hmm. the people. Like we have a Steelers bar. Like we legit have a Steelers bar. Yes. It's in Los Alamitos, California. The bar that does the Juicy Lucy, and this is going to hurt some people really bad. (laughs) We're getting some emails on this one. They have tots. 
Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right. Love tots. It is both a Wisconsin and Minnesota bar. <laughs> it's like the Vikings and uh, the Packers. What? That's like going to a Chinese and Thai food place. It's Joe's. It's Eat at Joe's. Eat at Joe's is both? Yes. I thought it they was have just... both jerseys up. Oh, just so that people don't fight about it? I have no idea. Okay. It's just like, you know, those expat bars? It's mm-hmm. like ex-Midwestern bar. <laughs> this is where you go. And proof is that they serve tots and Juicy Lucy's. Okay. And I guess proper curds. I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't been there in years. But Good tots, good cheese curds, bad poutine. I haven't had their poutine. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Mm, not squeaky enough. Right. <laughs> well, Rob says, hi, Leia and Josh. I'm pretty excited about a few things. First, a ham friend is an avid boater and has transitioned from satellite radio. So he gave me his Yesu System 600 100-watt receiver from the boat. I don't know what this is. Okay, I'm looking it up. I look forward to getting to know it well. And even better, as a long-suffering Georgia Bulldog fan, I am beyond ecstatic that that Georgia beat Alabama for the College Football National Championship on Monday night. Go sports ball. (laughs) Go college. Yeah. Is that college? College football, yes. Good. I'm sure (laughs) there's some other Georgia fans in the HRCC family. So to them, I just want to say, go dogs. We made it. You you did it. You did the ball thing. I yelled loudest while watching it. I contributed. (laughs) I wore the same jersey and did not watch it for every game. They (laughs) could smell it from here. It worked. Good. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't. Yeah. My only ritual related to sports was for an entire season, I watched every single Lakers game Yeah, without fail. That was also kind of in like the, the day when they were like really good. Like the best, the best. Are you calling me rank. a bandwagoner? No, I'm saying that was like the best. That was like literally the best Lakers time. Uh, Aside from, I no, guess, magic. and No, because I remember watching the Lakers with my dad when I was a little girl. Okay, that was, good. me too. I even watched yeah, that too. Yeah, that's with my dad. a big heyday for the Lakers. And I'll tell you what, my dad, from big Minnesota. bandwagoner Yeah, at that time. <laughs> they are incidentally also originally from Minnesota. From Minnesota, <laughs> the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah. That's where the name comes from. That's right. Good poll, Leia. But uh, this was... In the 2000s, Kobe was still on the team. Shaq was on the team. That was like the best. Oh, it was the best. You are right. <laughs> it was like the best. And and bars oh, no, loved and, it. Uh, and Fish, when Fish was still good. Oh, D Fish. He was actually my favorite player. I know. I was not really into Kobe Who else? that Who else much. Was, there was a ton. There was a ton of good Lakers players back then. Robert Ori. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's his name? The guy that everybody fell in love with? Mm. wasn't the greatest rick player. fox rick fox yes. you got it there it is <laughs> i knew you'd get there because i don't know him <laughs> and i think that time was so full of like joy because they would win so much right the rioting was just so much more joyful yeah <laughs> <after that> <laughs> there was also so much more free beer back then right i feel like it's very hard to watch the lakers and get free beer now they're always complaining about the kids. 
But ma'am, you can't have the cake in the bar. <laughs> just give me my beer. <laughs> I want to watch the Lakers. Just give me my free beer and I'll go. <laughs> until I finish this. So I actually totally understand that aspect of fandom. Of course, of course. I like just, if I, I had don't a jersey, if yeah. I had a jersey that while I was wearing it, my team that was consistently losing suddenly won and it was the first time I wore that jersey, I'm going <laughs> to wear that jersey every single time. <laughs> that's, that's real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rob signs off, 73 Rob, K5, DCQ, let the big dog eat. That must be something related to Georgia Bulldogs. I'm yeah. guessing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob. And congratulations to the Bulldogs. Congrats. You maybe, earned it. Maybe you'll get a spot in one of the many TV shows and movies filmed in Georgia. Oh. <laughs> There's another webcomic I really like. It's like a, a an announcer, like an interviewer after mm-hmm. a sports game. And he's talking to somebody wearing a football helmet. And it's like, so what happened out there? It's like, well, we came out there to sports really hard today. The other team also came out to sports really hard. And at the end, they sports harder than we sports. And that's why they won. Well, what are you going to do to try and fix things for the next game? Well, we're, we're still going to come out and try and sports as hard as we can. But in the end, it will really depend on who ends up sporting harder than we do. <laughs> That's a that's nailed a it. I was, I, that's poignant. <laughs> that must be a good coach. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. The that, basics. Focus on the basics. <laughs> that actually reminds me a lot of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Right. Again, he doesn't. We know cannot recommend anything. that show enough, and we have no following of sports, no love of sports, and the fact that we Ted love Lasso it so is so good. That is a show that I walk away from always feeling good. So yeah, like anybody who who Except realizes for when I feel bad, and it's really bad in the show. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, for anybody who's worried that it's about football, yeah, don't worry, it's not that big a deal. It's actually very fun. It's um, the idea is that Ted Lasso doesn't actually care about sports; he cares about people. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's meta. Yeah. Uh huh believe that's a, yeah i actually was going to make a believe sign just like in ted lasso put it above your door <laughs> and just every time i came in slap it <laughs> but I'm too, I'm too short yeah yeah i'd never actually be able to slap it well you just get your stick from that little hoop you put around <laughs> no i left that in the western town mm. yeah in westworld Am I an android? <laughs> okay, the next email is titled, I'm honored. And this oh. is from Jake. Dear Hamily, I would like, I would now like to welcome you to the colluding corner of the email correspondence tower. I'm honored to be a junior volunteer podcast co-producer. They I've come up with new ranks? Take, I think I gave this one to Jake. Okay. <laughs> I promise to take this role seriously and with the utmost respect. First off, is donut a cake? <laughs> That's, it's a good question. I mean, it's round. It's made up of a sugary batter and topped with frosting. It seems pretty cake-like to me. And to that, I will say no, because it has a hole in the middle. And that is the only discerning factor. So is a maple bar a cake? Mm, a maple bar is actually, oh no, it's because it's deep fried also. Ah, so that would makes that make it a, it a cruller? Yes. 
Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. But I guess the hole in the middle doesn't actually work out logic wise because bunt cake is a cake and it has a hole in the middle. Correct. Yeah, you yeah. can't rely on mm-hmm. the hole. So it's the frying that differentiates it. It's the frying. It. Yeah. yeah. Purely. Mm-hmm. Is there a leavening agent in donuts? Yes. Do they add baking soda? Uh, there's yeast donuts. Okay. And Are then, they all yeast donuts? I would assume. No, I think that the cake ones use like baking powder and baking soda. soda yeah okay yeah which is what really makes i like things with yeast in them like beer i like yeast is good yeah i like bread mm-hmm. you know it's um so the cake donuts just don't don't do anything for me just okay not yeasty mm. Mm, there you go well second last week a young ham wrote in about at Asking the best way to spend $300, you gave great HF recommendations, but I would like to give some VHF, UHF recommendations, too. Okay. The radio I would pick would be the TYT 9800. That's $220. Okay. Next would be an inexpensive mag mount, $20, and a mobile antenna, $30. And finally, a 3D printer, 12-volt power supply for $30. That will work. Not the safest power supply, but that will work. Assuming you have a pie tin for the mag mount and some wires, you should be set. This was my exact setup when I first bought my TYT, and it worked very well for the price. In my personal opinion, you don't have to go nuts on your first shack. My first shack was a baofeng and a shoulder mic with an abris thrown out the window. Then you can save or even invest the rest of your money to buy a much greater shack in the future. And to me, that's the best choice. If I had saved and didn't impulse my radios, I would be running a 7300 right now. Thank you. Oh, well, live and learn. Thank you. That's the current ham radio goal right now, HF. Jake brings up a really great point, and I know we touched on it earlier, but the fact of the matter is one of the things that you recommend is buy both before you buy your gear, know what it is you want to do in ham radio. Yes, have a goal. Have multiple goals. There's lots of radios that cover multiple goals. So I, I will remind everybody, I have a video out that's just as good today as it was back then that is about building a $1,000 shack. And I know we're talking about $300, but guess what? In that video, I break down having VHF, UHF, and HF capabilities. Still hit $1,000, all you would have to do is separate the HF out or the VHF out, and you'd still be close to the $300 range. Excellent. Mm-hmm. What I was getting at is... Your first ham shack for you, and I I think this is definitely true for me, is I'm somebody who, when I start a hobby, I want to be equipped with the things to successfully do that hobby at a beginner level. (coughs) Boy, man, I'm coughing a lot. I did this too. I did this, and I have to say did. I used to do this too. I would go online, and I would find out what like the best beginner of those things is yeah and then you always hit a ceiling of course but then in quality or functionality you hit that ceiling and then you're like crap now i gotta sell this beginner something the top of the line beginner thing to a new person so that i can upgrade to the thing that i really should have got but in ham radio that's not true because then you can throw your original setup into a tactical trash can also true i mean that's my art you're I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Instead but of instead of pulling the money out of it, you just said, keep it. You, 
you're you're a ham. You did, you're you're there. You're right there. We don't sell the radios. We just hoard them. And we put them in trash cans. We come up with new interesting ways why we got to keep this thing. Stay tuned for the HRCC garage sale in which Josh doesn't know his radios are being sold. <laughs> but uh, there's what? a new Discord coming soon <laughs> that Josh isn't invited to. <laughs> just, just like you were left off today of the net. You checked in. I checked. <laughs> Nick. When I mentioned that, Nick, that was not to, to call you out at all. You work hard doing the net control. No, I really you, appreciate you it. You weren't upset at it. I was not at, at all. all. Not you at actually all. didn't even notice. Until... I just wanted to bump those numbers up. I wanted to boost those numbers. But then I checked and then yeah, I Leia laughed me. my butt off that my call sign was there. <laughs> and I wasn't. <laughs> Leia checked into the net today. How was that? I did. You, you got... So, by the way, if anyone was listening to the net, Leia was there... She checked in. I don't know if you came back when they threw back to you because they usually come back and say, like, what are you going to do with ham radio this week? And, you know, you can talk for a little I bit. I did not come back. Because you were helping with the Cub Scout meeting. Yes, yeah. I was. Uh, we were having a virtual Cub Scout meeting and one of my cubs is particularly unruly. So I had to. Guess which one? <laughs> so I apologize if I missed the second part of my check in. Yes. But uh, that's what I was doing. And I don't know that you wanted to listen to a bunch of kids tell bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. Because they're bad. Yeah. I mean, they're pre-authored jokes that the I kids mean, are just expected Darren does to a really good job with them. They're still like, that's the top tier of, of bad well, scout jokes. Well, he is a professional comedian. Yeah. And still the jokes don't always land. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tough. I think that's in the delivery. I'm sure if he did it, it would be like good. It would be very good. <laughs> So tempo and and timing is everything with comedy. Uh, so I really like what Jake is saying because you can have your your beginner setup and enjoy that for a good amount of time until you figure out the next thing you want to explore in ham radio mm -hmm. and all of the things, and then you can try to add to your shack in that way. Right. But I don't think you need to go out and you know, say, I'm going to save a thousand dollars to get where I'm going and then not have something you're already happy with that you could be operating all the while. Okay. I mean, I, I understand it. I get it. Um, my way to HF is probably similar to a lot of folks, but I wouldn't say is the norm. I started out with QRP. I went with the cheap QRP radio. Mm-hmm. And I outgrew it in the sense that it did all the things I wanted it to do, but I needed more power. Okay. So that's kind of yeah. what happens. I didn't sell that radio either. Not yet. No, that. I mean, I guess. I, I probably won't sell that radio. That was like my first. Which HF one is radio. it? I'm not going to tell you. And plus, it's not like on if display. You, it's hidden. If you don't tell me, then I won't know not to sell it. How's that? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> you look uncomfortable. I don't like this. <laughs> well, Jake signs off. Thanks for all you do. Looking forward to taking you along on long drives that I have planned for the weekend. That's all for now from good old Virginia. 73's your junior volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake, KO4JUZ. P.S. Any news on the cruise? The cruise no. is... 
uh, on hold indefinitely. Obviously, we we talked about uh, what's been going on locally in terms of um, COVID. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that given what Josh's schedule already looks like for next year, having known that we already put things on hold for the cruise, that there will be room for the cruise in 2022. Well, who knows? I, I would just say we don't know. Oh, I You're know. You're putting too much of a negative spin on it. We don't know yet. We don't know what could happen. Oh, I, I'm not talking. COVID's going to go away. Uh, it's going to become endemic. That's fine. Uh, but the cruise, I do not plan on planning for this year. Okay. That ship is not sailing. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Okay. We'd look at 2023, especially because, you know, hams have a lot of things that they spend money on. (laughs) So you might need some time to save up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And now it's time. It's the final email. The voice of an angel. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. This email is titled Foxes and Hunters and Hoffs. Oh, my. Oh, wow. So we're <laughs> OK. This is a very Inception-y type thing because I mentioned. Well, you posted it to I the did. CC Discord. <laughs> and I didn't Dave... think there's going to be another day of emails. We're gonna... <laughs> oh, man. OK. Are you OK? I don't know. Yeah. I don't you know got, what's going on. Maybe got I got real it. hard. Maybe the booster is making me cough. I don't know what's going on. When I get anxiety about what's happening at the schools mm-hmm. and how uh, how everything's going down, I just go and buy more masks and tests. <laughs> that's, that's my solution. So if you want to use a test, I have more coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. This email comes from a volunteer podcast co-producer, Nate. Okay. Hello again, my friends. This is Kentucky Uno Margaret Alistair Zachary coming to you from Southern Viola Thermometer, K1MAZ from Southern Vermont. As I mentioned in my voicemail, I was trying to explain to my brother and sister-in-law the benefits of ham radio. One of the things she asked about was, say someone unlicensed made up a call sign and just started talking. What real enforcement is there? We or say someone uses someone else's call sign. Does anyone get in trouble? Then I told her about fox hunting. Although perhaps will not get a knock from the FCC, you might get a knock from your friendly neighborhood ham man telling you to stop. Or Most, just ask you, like, what is this all about? Right. Most likely for UHF, VHF, one question I thought of was, how often does a HF version of this happen, such as the Cuban jamming or on a smaller scale? I know you use the QE SDR, I believe, but have you ever heard of someone getting it down to a house or exact location from long distance? Well, no, they get it, they get it down from long distance and then they realize it's local and then they go DF it locally. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Makes if, sense. If they're local. And, and guess what? There's hams everywhere. So you just got to talk to the right people and they'll be like, oh, we're, we're DFing today? Okay. And then, you know, a little bit of planning and then all of a sudden there you go. So someone had messaged me on the Discord and uh, had said something to the effect of, you have more call sign lookups on QRZ than I do. 
And I was like, that's ironic because I've only made one contact. <laughs> and the reality is that a very common practice mm-hmm. when you get someone's call sign is the first thing you do is you go look them up on QRZ. Most of our loggers, when you type in a call sign and you hit tab, will right. just pop up their QRZ info. It mm-hmm. just fills it all in for you. So then I know, I mean, there's actually somebody who made a really compelling argument on why we should stop doing that. Why? Because back in the day before there was the internet, and this might have actually come up in the podcast. This might have been an email, actually, now that I think about it, that if you if you have something that automatically looks up your QRZ profile and fills it into your log like mine does, it just fills it all out. I don't have to do anything. You're not actually making a connection? Well, no, because what it was used to be in the past was they would ask you, what is your name? Where are you from? And we mm-hmm. would write that down. Like they'd right. literally write it down and they'd be like, okay, what radio are you using? Da, 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 da. All that stuff could just get auto-populated from QRZ, at least most of it. And so then now all QSOs are like, uh, okay, I see you're Bob in Wichita. Thanks for chatting with me. Uh, what radio <laughs> are you talking to me on? And then that's it. Like, that's it. There's the whole QSO. But then you're, you're almost getting to the meat of... Or the beginning of what could be a longer rag chew, right? Right, where we talk, where we use our <laughs> hobby to talk about our hobby. Right. <laughs> but I was thinking about how, like, when the first time I got on a repeater, I gave my call sign. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things somebody said back to me was, uh, you're not on QRZ. Mm-hmm. And then I had to explain it was a brand new call. Right. Right. And QRZ hadn't even populated it yet. Mm-hmm. So even on repeaters, when people are hearing call signs, and I'm guessing also because I'm a female voice, right. they're like, let me look this up immediately. Who is this lady? <laughs> and then they quickly realize that I was your wife. <laughs> right? But I actually, I don't. I don't have an issue with people looking up call signs. No. I think, I, I don't actually think it takes anything away from the hobby. I don't either, but the arguments have been made. Mm. Okay. Uh, in terms of what what happens if you're unlicensed and you made up a call sign, odds are if you didn't know anything about call signs, you would make up the wrong combination of letters and numbers. <laughs> well, maybe even if they did... Again, a quick QRZ search is like, this isn't John. Didn't you just say your name was Toby? <laughs> hey, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, it, it, it's happened to me before where somebody has been on the air and it's like, well, oh, no, my nickname is Mick. But, and I'm right. like, but, but your name's, your legal name is Brian. Right. And how'd then that what do you do? Well, I asked them, like, how did, that, how did that all come about? And then they got some story or whatever. And it's like, well, I'm not going to log this contact. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm just kidding. I, I don't do trust it. you as far as I can throw you. <laughs> I'm a not trusting ham. I want it all on the up and up. No, I, I, I don't I, want any shady contacts in my logbook. The FCC is going to come. They're going to audit my logs. going to take me to FCC jail. I'll be it. I'll be, be it. So I'll, be at my, I'll be at my friend's house who's the FCC enforcer <laughs> just hanging out in his shack. He's like, so this is jail. Yeah, this is jail. You want some contacts? There's beer in the fridge. Oh, okay. Wow. This is amazing. How long can I stay in jail? Yeah, how, how long? 
You know, it's, well, it's until you roll two numbers on this uh, two dice that I give you. <laughs> Do the same numbers. Why are there dice? It's the Monopoly jail is a joke. Oh, oh, I see. I thought there was special ham dice. Like no, I, I was trying to go with it. It's a very dogs. low level of authority land. Oh, it was a- I see. I see. <laughs> but then you land on free parking. <laughs> and you take the pot. <laughs> you know that that's actually not the rule in Monopoly. I don't care what anybody says. You put all of the fees in the middle in a pile and it keeps racking up until somebody lands on free parking. Ruins the game. That's how our government works. You this go, is why people start doing lottery. You go you go to jail and then you sue the government and you get out of jail and you get a cash settlement. That's what happens. You got some really advanced rules of monopoly. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a litigation path in monopoly. Whenever I think about the full game of Monopoly, I think about how CJ once got so fed up with me and my late best friend, Eddie, (laughs) that he wrote out specified rules. It was pages. (laughs) It wasn't just a good I could totally see CJ doing this, too. That's so funny. CJ is also now a chief executive at a hospital. (laughs) So I guess it all tracks. (laughs) But. Totally about the minutia. <laughs> but I just think how upset he must have been when he was writing these pages of rules. I am so done with these people always cheating at this game, making up whatever rules and collusion they want. Disrupting my lawful following of the rules as written by Sir Milton Bradley. <laughs> And so, Josh, does the Monopoly man have a monocle or not? No. All right. Mr. Peanut has a a monocle. Yeah. See, no Mandela effect for you. Nope. Bernstein or Berenstein? I don't care. I can't spell. (laughs) (laughs) I would have never attempted to spell such a complicated word. (laughs) Near illiterate. Mandela effect. You have no power here. It doesn't matter the right way. I, I take will. liberties with spelling. Oh, is that how we're spelling it today? That's the most painful day of my month. And I hand you the laptop, you're like, it's newsletter day. So painful. And I know I don't even catch all of the all of the They're issues. Like little, like little treasures, <laughs> little Easter eggs of stupidity. <laughs> Man, I'm just in the moment when I'm when I'm typing. I, feel I can it. tell. I'm I can just, tell. Holding coffee. I'm, I'm vibing. I get it. I'm vibing. <laughs> A real catcher in the ham situation. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all right. Well, Nathan wraps up. That is all I really have this week. No song, sad to some, glad rejoicing from others. And I think that's a winky face. <laughs> Last thing I have to say is jump on the band. I want to talk to you. Jump on the band. It's too far to walk to you. <laughs> oh, 
This is supposed to read, jump wow, on the Leia, band. Wow, Leia, you totally killed it <laughs> on that one. I talk to you. <laughs> jump on the band. <laughs> it's too far to walk to you. <laughs> How's Nicely that? done. Thank Nicely you. done, Nate. Nicely done. <laughs> oh, well done, Nate, not me. No. <laughs> well, you, uh, uh. you screwed that up a little bit in the beginning. <laughs> well, it didn't come with a musical accompaniment. <laughs> All right. It was in the subject title. <laughs> Nate signs off. A 73 K1 MAZ Nathan in Southern Vermont. Don't worry about the world coming to an end today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. Charles Schultz. Everyone with kinetic powers, raise my hand. Emo Phillips. <laughs> People who think they know everything are a great annoyance to those of us who do. Isaac Asimov. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right. And that wraps up the email correspondence well, thank tower. you, Nate. Hey, Leia. Leia, would you Wait, like to take a test? I wanted what? to thank all of the emailers. Okay, go ahead. Because the emails make my week. Good. Well, all of it does. The voicemails, the reviews, the emails. Yes. I, and they make the pod, if you so, will. <laughs> so grateful to you. So, yeah. Thank you for making the majority of the podcast <laughs> for us. I mean, we're all talking over it, but you just give us the ammo that we load into the chambers of our brain and fire, fire them from off. our mouths. Yeah. yeah. Leia, would you like there you to go. Take a test? Not really. I'm not feeling this today, so I'm just going to... I'm going to do a shotgun approach to answering these questions. Oh, wow. I'm on six out of 35. What process combines two signals in a nonlinear circuit or connection to produce unwanted spurious outputs? This is literally... A, roll-off, B, intermodulation, C, detection, or D, heterodyning. I'm going to go with B, intermodulation. That is correct. Ah, the next question the email is, just helps which you out. of the following conditions will cause a ground fault circuit interrupter, GFCI, to disconnect the 120 or 240 volt AC line power to a device? A, over voltage on the voltage carrying lines. B, all of these choices are correct. C, current flowing from one or more of the voltage carrying wires directly to ground. D, current flowing from one or more of the voltage carrying wires to the neutral wire. I'm going to go with A, over voltage on the, no. It's all. It's current flowing from one or more of the voltage carrying wires directly to ground. It's not all? Oh, because no. it couldn't go to neutral. It'd have to go to ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Question eight. What happens when the impedance of an electrical load is equal to the output impedance of a power source, assuming both impedance, the impedances are resistive? A, the source can deliver maximum power to the load. B, no current can flow through the circuit. C, the electrical load is shortage. D, the source delivers a minimum power to the load. What was the question again? Sorry, you read it so fast. What happens when the impedance of an electrical load is equal to the output impedance of a power source, Mm -hmm. assuming both impedances are resistive? I'm going to go with D, the source delivers minimum power. It's maximum power. That's Maximum power. Maximum power. Fantastic. That's okay. basically talking about feeding an antenna. Mm, mm. I am not going to learn anything today. Nope. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> that, that ship has not sailed. I just feel so bad. You look so tired. <laughs> Don't do it for me. I still got to do the talk after this. And I will put in maximum effort. 
Excellent. I am putting in maximum effort into in speed. my care of you. Oh, that wow. Is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Number nine, which symbol and figure is fantastic for pod? G7-1 <laughs> represents a solid core transformers. Uh, a, oh, yes. Old symbol. G7-1. <laughs> Sub-element activate. <laughs> symbol one, which is an arrow pointing to a... A uh, wall of sorts that has two lines coming out of it, and uh, I assume that the circle denotes that that's something. Uh, B, <laughs> B is symbol four. That's an arrow pointing into a, a straight line, mm-hmm. like it's being balanced on the top of the triangle with a curved line right on top of that flat line. Mm-hmm. So it, it looks like a scale mm-hmm. but the plate is placed right in the middle of the scale but it's a triangle with a line going through it no on the top like mm-hmm. it's balancing like it's mm-hmm. a scale mm-hmm. right and the plate is in the middle of the scale so it continues to balance versus one side or the other mm-hmm. okay c symbol seven <laughs> i mean i know what that is but i'm not gonna tell you uh symbol seven is like a that's a pretty good yeah pretty good description yeah, um, it's an upside down pitchfork with um, mm-hmm. a uh, a cloud line. Ooh, <laughs> a cloud. <laughs> it's a it's a four humped cloud line. A four humped cloud <laughs> line. Okay. D symbol six is I'm not actually sure. Uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of symbols. Wait, you were sure about it. the previous ones though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What six is pointing to? It looks like an alligator's mouth. (laughs) Can you show me? Now I'm curious. (laughs) It's uh, it's like a, it says out. (laughs) It says ow, because it's an alligator. (laughs) It says out. It's got a, a small open circle with a line that leads out to two bumps that looks like a mouth. And then it leads back to another line that makes it look like a neck. But the, the neck part leads to what looks like an upside down pitchfork. And then next to that is two lines, two vertical lines, you just show and me. then a four bump cloud. <laughs> Can you show me? <laughs> what, the, what the hell is that? The out has nothing to do with six. Like, do you see the alligator's face? No. <laughs> right here, that's the eye. And then that's the mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll say the eye, as you called it, has nothing to do with this. Neither does the pitchfork. Okay. The the six is the vertical lines with the what did you call it? The three humped <laughs> no, cloud. The four humped cloud. The, the four humped cloud. Yes. Technically, the alligator mouth, as you reference, is a two humped cloud. <laughs> yes. But it looks like lips when it's just two. <laughs> yeah. That's what they teach you when you go to double E school, actually. And now, the alligator mouth. When. Meeting with a four-humped cloud. <laughs> I'm going to go with four. I think uh, it was actually... A. No, it's six. It, it was is, the alligator mouth with the four-humped cloud. <laughs> oh, 
You'll never forget that one. So a, a transformer usually is solid core transformer. Yeah. is a four humped cloud in front of two lines. Got it. That could be, depending on the configuration, looks like an alligator with an alligator. It, it's usually two two windings. It's a transformer. <laughs> They're not physically connected. Are the windings the humpy clouds? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got okay. it. And okay. and that that vertical lines is mm-hmm. to denote there being some kind of uh, insulator of some kind or a ferrite or whatever. Okay. Okay. Helpful. Got it. Six. <laughs> Alligator form of cloud. Yes. Got it. Solid core transformer. Got it. Good. Okay. Uh, question 10. What is the purpose of a speech processor as used in a modern transceiver? Ah, this is a good one. A, increases transmitter base response for a more natural sounding SSB signals. B, prevent distortion of voice signals. C, increase the intelligibility of transmitted phone signals during poor conditions. Or D, decrease high frequency voice output to prevent out of band operation. <laughs> so signal processing what do you think that means it's speech processing Spe- okay what does that mean to you what do you think that means um it makes the speech sound better okay but there's lots of things in this that would make speech sound better okay i mean how much do it says modern transceiver. Mm. So maybe in a modern transceiver, people want to hear uh, more natural sounding oh. voices on single sideband. Maybe we all just want to sound like Cher. <laughs> you believe in life after love. Do you believe? No, <laughs> uh, but distortion of voice signals is a problem. That would be bad. Right? And, I mean, that would probably be more important than sounding natural. <laughs> I definitely want to put a, 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 a Peter Frampton voice talk box on my uh, radio. I want to sound like Mr. T. Because <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Like a you sound know? box. Like, a, yeah. like you're thinking that's what that means? Like no, a voice changer? No. Um, and increasing the intelligibility of transmitted phone signals during poor I conditions. I pity the fool who does it. I pity the fool who doesn't reply with a QSL card. Uh, I'm going to go with B. Prevent it. No, no. It increases the intelligibility of transmitted phone signals during poor conditions. So, so dener- gener- okay, the, the poor conditions. Generally. Generally. The, the poor <laughs> conditions was a note about, like, if you have RFI, you can mm-hmm. turn on speech processing to try and, uh, through digital signal processing, reduce the noise, sound, the sound of the noise. Okay, those are the poor the, conditions you're talking about. The poor conditions is RFI. Yeah. Usually poor conditions implies RFI and make the human speech more intelligible. All right. I can we can go to the shack and I can show you that how this was works because I got a ton of RFI and <laughs> nah, that's it. That was a real time that Just we have. Element activate. <laughs> okay. That's it? That's it. That's okay. it for me. Leia. Yes. What if I told you there was a way to make a five watt radio as effective as a 100 watt? Radio? Is it an amp? 
No. no. Oh. It's still just a 5-watt radio. Mm-hmm. As effective as a 100-watt radio into the same antenna. I would say, tell me more. I will. It's <laughs> Morse code. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic is kicking off the... I. I I break for Morse code is, I guess, the, the, the thing that I thought about between when we were first recording the podcast and, and this. And I break for Morse I code. I break for Morse code. Hashtag CW hiatus. Well, However you want to go with it. Well, I break for uh, fire engines. You break. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your hazard lights. <laughs> yeah. Or educational devices for the children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... We've talked about this before. This talk's going to be a little bit about just kind of encouraging people to think about learning Morse code because it, it's not going to take you that long. There is a wonderful community of people that want to support you. Actually, there's more than one. I'm no, just there's talk only about one. one. There's only one. No, there's a ton. No, it's only Long Island CW. No. It's, that's the only I did the CW Ops class. It's really good, too. There, there's a ton of really good people there's a ton of really good people out there that that want more people on Morse code. And I'm going to try and give you a couple of reasons why. This may be a shorter little uh, main point of the podcast because I am fading fast. But <laughs> <laughs> so it, any QRP radio. So there's a reason why QRP is actually really effective. And it's if you're using Morse code. So you can make a five watt little tiny QRP radio perform as well as a 100 watt radio assuming that 100 watt radio is doing single sideband voice because why is that josh why is that why is that josh? why is that so with morse code you're only transmitting in a very very tight space it's a single tone that you're transmitting and that exists in you know it, it's at most like 400 hertz wide for the filtering, but generally it's much smaller than that. And a lot of people use 100 hertz wide filtering. And that's something that if you're on HF, you can actually do this on uh, VHF, UHF too, if your radio supports it. You can click the little filter button, or if you change modes from single sideband to CW, you'll notice that the part that your radio is actively listening to gets really shrunk down. Okay. So because you're only listening to a really, really, really small portion of the band space you're on for that frequency, not only will you be able to hear more signals, it's actually really good for also suppressing local RFI. Mm. So if you are on single sideband, and let's say you filter kind of like I do, which is at 2.4 kilohertz, and you have an S7 noise floor, flip it over to CW really quick and see what your noise floor is. The reason why it shrinks down is because the bandwidth of your receive signal goes down. It, it, it becomes less. So your effectivity or the effectiveness of that noise floor also reduces. So you'll technically be able to hear more signals down into, the, into your RFI-based noise than not. Is this a plot to take down the power of my touch lamp? Morse code does you you cannot affect the power of morse code challenge accepted <laughs> is this just buy more buy more lamps <laughs> the boys room has been looking really dark so in, in any particular instance <laughs> morse code is generally 10 to 13 db more effective than single sideband so a 
audio tone. And it's three dBs to the S unit. So three dBs to the S unit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you say you're not going to remember anything doing this podcast. <laughs> Look at you. That's very good. So even for DX, lots of DX on CW, or just having a very cheap and inexpensive station, CW may be the way to go. And the only thing that you have to do is, is learn, learn a new language. <laughs> that's the, but, the first thing you do. That's the first thing you do. But, but hear me out on this. If you're trying to go on the cheap, doing CW is the most effective thing you can do to get lots of really interesting long-distance contacts because... You know, I'm out there doing FT8 and all that stuff. What does that require? A computer. Now you have to have this extra thing. And if you want to do POTA, well, if you want to do FT8 on POTA, you got to drag the computer out with you. That's the only way you can get close to or better in some cases with digital modes than CW. But you're certainly not beating CW in a POTA situation versus single sideband. It's impossible. You can't do it. Never been done The efficiency before. of Morse code is unrivaled. Plus, it requires no extra gear. And in fact, the gear you have to bring, a Morse code key, is less complicated than a microphone. I mean, I'm like, how? How is it less complicated? Well, a microphone is actually a, a, a listening element, right? It's a delicate diaphragm that moves with the sound waves that gets turned into electronic pulses that goes into your radio versus a Morse code key, particularly a straight key, is literally just closing a switch. It's just a switch. Right, so you're, you're not saying that it's simpler. You're... It's less complicated. A CW key is less complicated than a microphone. I mean, who cares about the, the inner mechanics of the equipment? Well, if you throw uh, tiny radios into a backpack, and go hiking far and away in places where you could damage a microphone. Okay. You see where I'm going with that? I I see it. Are you getting the sense that I don't love CW? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, you're real turned off on this. What's going on here? Why? Well, you sent me this video today of a guy who was hammering away. I sent at, her the, the 120 million view video of the dude with the straight key that's not plugged in. And it's yes. a CW test. or mm -hmm. It's a CW competition, I'm assuming. And and so wh why did that turn you off to Morse code? It's It's so much effort just to get out a letter. That is like peak... Like that is peak effectivity no, of a straight key. It's the it's the same amount of effort whether you do it fast or slow, and if that's how long it takes the fastest what if I to transmit you? a message. What if I told then you? Then imagine how long it takes the rest of us peons. What if I told you that before Jay Leno retired, there was a segment on the show where two CW operators raced two teens with cell phones i i know text messaging. I already, yeah it's chip it's janet's husband chip wow he was on the tonight show fantastic good for chip yeah so it's it's not less effective at all in fact it's from an emergency standpoint it will get out more than any other mode it is the most prepper mode there is because there's n there's no extra equipment to fail you don't have little weird dongles, USB I see, connections, computers. I see what you're doing. You just have your brain <laughs> and a radio and a key. That's it. That's all you need. 
very narrow bandwidth. You can see you can see this on your if you've got a 7300 or a radio with a waterfall or something like that. You can literally see it again. Just change modes from single sideband CW, single sideband CW. See the difference, and then go to the single sideband portion of whatever band you're on. Listen to the signals. Listen to them. Listen to the quality. How well you're receiving them. And then tune down to Morse code and listen. You don't have to understand Morse code to get this. Listen to the quality of the dits and daws you hear. You don't have to decode them. I just want you to con- I want you to think if you can make out the dits and daws, if you can consider what that sound is. It is the most likely case that the CW signals, even from a very low power transmitter very far away from you, will be as good or more intelligible than that of human voice. I mean, in, intelligible in terms of you can tell the difference between the dits and daws, but you still have to know what is the equivalent of another language. Correct. Yes. <laughs> then that's what we're doing this. That's what we're doing the we break for CW. Everybody is going to go. We're going to, well, I'm doing it. If you want to come along with me, you can. I'm already a member, I'm a life member of the Long NCW Club, but you don't have to do it the way I do it. In fact, this Saturday, we're going to be talking to the Long Island CW Club, but then the subsequent live streams this month, I'm going to talk about other ways you can learn Morse code. I like still code ninja. Uh, CW Ninja, I'm going to have him on the show too. We've already covered that. That's a thing that's going to happen. But there are multiple free applications. I'm going to talk about uh, free online websites. I'm going to talk about applications that you can download on your phone to learn Morse code. And you can do all of these, one of these, few of these. The only thing you have to do, okay, this is this is my pro tip, and this is what Howard will, will say on Saturday as well to back this up. The only thing you really need to do is sit down every day, do about 10 to 15 minutes of practice. And I'm going to tell you the the secret that everybody's going to have trouble with. Uh, oh, and if you're a musician, then you're going to, you'll probably pick up the code faster, but musicians in general will probably pick up transmitting faster than receiving. Huh. Unless you can, um, unless you can like uh, hear a song and replay it. If you're that kind of musician that you can just play by ear kind of thing, you, you might be able to pick up Morse code really quickly. So... Everyone runs into the same problem, generally. There are exceptions, but most people fall into the category of getting stuck with copying the code. That is where you hear the dits and daws, Mm -hmm. and it's coming at you too fast, and you can't decode it. Transmitting? Not that difficult, actually. People can learn the alphabet. I learned the alphabet really relatively quickly for transmit. It was the copying that still remains my kryptonite. Hmm. CW Ninja has a lot of really good ideas to get over that. So does Howard. So does all the teachers at Long Island CW Club. So the thing to that I'm going to kind of wrap this with, and I think this is this is my this is my dream. Okay, this is this is my beautiful image of a world, the future world. Where this I is know your MLK speech. No. Okay. <laughs> How do I would never <laughs> say anything like that. You're going to get me in trouble? You keep talking like this? Yeah. You're already in trouble. <laughs> my, my, my ham radio dream has always been and, and will be until I can achieve it. And, I, and I'm going to make a really hard stance to get to this point. My dream has always been and will be, I, I, I hate to say it, I tell people don't buy QRP as your first radio, but I love QRP radios. 
And there's nothing. This is for heroes. They've learned a second language. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> in the case of Morse code. By the yeah. way, you can still you can still be effective with single sideband. I'm not saying taking anything away from that because I've done it. I know that it's possible. But but there is nothing that is the more the most ham radio to me than you're at a picnic with your family. It's a babbling brook. Oh no. There's a not babbling this brook. A, not this one again. It's a babbling brook. There's a little tree it's next to you. Babbling something. <laughs> I'm painting a picture with my words. And you pull out a little pouch from your backpack. It doesn't take up very much space in your satchel at all. Just a little pouch. Maybe it's leather. I don't know. I don't even think this is the first time you've told the story. I, I, I know. Of this I'm getting better though. I'm trying to improve upon it as I go. <laughs> and out of that pouch, you pull a couple links of wire, small. It looks like it's a radio, right? But it's only the size of like a playing card, you know, deck. And a small battery, maybe even a 9-volt battery. There's QRP radios for CW that just run off of 9-volt batteries. You, you take one of the wires and you hoist it into the tree. Just gingerly place it over a, a, a branch, mm-hmm. as they call it, a branch. You connect in a pair of earbuds. Or the squirrel takes it up there for you. Or, the, or that's, the, that's the Snow White version of this. I'm yeah. working on a, 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 fantasy, a fanciful version of this. That, uh, is, you that is fit for printing with I, illustrations. It's I, for kids. I'm working on it. You mean if I get into ham radio, I can have a pet squirrel? You're damn right, little Jimmy. <laughs> they only speak Morse code. That's why they go, <laughs> so you, you you gingerly you know what Leia look what? look to your right little, look to your right look to your right look little Toby look at little chipmunk little chipmunk right yes. there <laughs> why did you go little Jimmy it's little Toby little Toby <laughs> so you, you put your antenna up you got another wire that's that's sliding out across the side of the picnic uh picnic blanket that you have Pull out a little key, tiny little key that you, you maybe you 3D printed it. No, no. Maybe you built Bugatti. it. Maybe you, a Bugatti? Yeah. A, a little, Bugatti. A, a Bugatti? A Bugali. A Bugatti. Maybe you pull out a, <laughs> maybe you pull out a Bugatti Veyron from your little pouch. That's a, what is it? A $300,000 supercar? The heaviest supercar, I think, uh, one of the heaviest on record. Just pull it out. Just pull it right out of your little hand-hewn leather pouch that you got off Etsy. Maybe it's a bag of holding, and we're right back into the fantasy realm. Yeah. You know what a bag of holding is? It holds all the things. Why? Because it's magical. Why is it? Well, kind of, but why is it magical? Because it has unlimited holding power. It's a portal to another dimension oh. that you store things in. We used to put hobbits in there. Hobbitses. Particularly ones that had become incapacitated and we didn't want to carry them. Because <laughs> Jeremy the Rogue got himself in trouble and got yeeted by a trap. And so we throw him in the bag of holding. What? <laughs> <laughs> Frickin' Jeremy. <laughs> so you, This is a totally normal conversation. So you set up you set up the radio, you've got it right on your lap, and just you don't need a computer, you don't need a phone, you don't need hammers. I love hammers, I love it all, I love it all. Little tablet, little right in the rain tablet with a space pen you pull out. A tableau. You happen to be in a park for parks on the air. 
Amazing. And with who one would earbud. Have, who would with, have known that's where you would choose to do a picnic? With one earbud out, listening to your family that is just this is bestowing the- praise upon you for what wow. you've accomplished with your Morse code, you begin to call CQ Poda. Wow. And the contacts just start flowing in. And all you've got to do is just get the contact. You already know the band you're on. You already know the time. You wrote that down right when you got started. Get the signal report. That's all you got to do. If anybody would like to see a beautiful rendition of this, but he does a really good job. Thomas Witherspoon on uh, YouTube does a fantastic job of making what I just said to video. Doesn't have the picnic with the family, but maybe he'll listen to this and maybe he will make that video become a reality. But I'm telling you, I think... And I know that what I'm asking is a hard sell. I know that. But I think that the value you get out of learning Morse code will make your ham radio experience richer. And I'm not saying that because I'm like a noob who who doesn't know anything. I've made multiple contacts on Morse code. Not good contacts. I'm trying to improve that. I know the alphabet. I know from already the little bit I've experienced that Every bit stronger I get in copying and getting better in Morse code, I am going to enjoy ham radio more, and particularly my portable operations more. And my portable operations will require less gear, less stuff I have to drag in the field. It will require less power. It will require less complication. And that sounds like the most prepper thing you can do to me, I think. Wow. How'd you like that? Prepper shaming. No, okay. not at all. <laughs> oh, a little bit though, yeah. right? Because like that's what preppers do. Like, I've got fifteen hundred cans of Denny Moore <laughs> on a rotating system. I eat Denny Moore every day. <laughs> well, uh... I just said only buy what you eat. I eat Denny Moore. I'm sponsored. <laughs> And this podcast is sponsored by Denny Moore's new app, (laughs) Denny Moore Shadow Legends. Join the HRCC clan, get 100 gold, and a new epic champion, the Denty Man. (laughs) Do you know what that's a reference to? You don't know, do you? No. Raid Shadow Legends? Have you ever experienced a Raid Shadow Legends ad on YouTube? No. They contacted me. They wanted to sponsor my channel to to do an opening of my show, <laughs> my ham radio videos, where I would talk about a phone app for, for cheesy RPG characters battling. And it's a bad game. I played, I looked it up. I played it. I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate the offer, but no, thank you. I have nothing good to say about your game. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Wait, how much golden game do you get? <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it. Josh needs sleep. He's getting punchy, and he still has to edit this thing. So, hey, any anything you want to say? Thank you for listening. Okay. Especially this far. <laughs> <laughs> Did you more Shadow Legends? Look for it on Android. <laughs> And your opera browser from your 1999 Nokia Engage gaming platform system. 
the taco phone. <laughs> Do you remember the taco phone? Yes. I <laughs> I'm done. All right. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. The fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.